This is Matt Allison, author and artist of Kankor. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> It's a sweet sound, isn't it? <laughs> it's a sound. It is that. Yep. My worry is to avoid descending, which is an apt analogy, I guess, descending into the uh, morose when we're talking about this. Because I don't see any way out of it. It's not a feel-good book. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know, oh, man. Sounds like we have fertile, fertile, fertile ground for discussion. I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's true, but I just don't want it to be a, uh, you know. Again, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we will. Yes, because this is Eleven O'clock Comics, Episode Seven Hundred and Fifty Two, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and contrary to Vince's belief, I'm not that morose, but I am Ron Lithgow. <laughs> okay. No, you're not. I think Ron is, but you're not. You're Jason Wood, everybody here. You didn't have a dangling anymore either. You'd be you, morose too. That would be a problem. I'd make a hole with like a you know, a drill bit or something. Um, um honestly, you know, I, I when I got to the part in the book, I, I part of me was like, I bet I bet Jason's going to be Alan Martin this week. Oh. But no, he wasn't. No. Um, I don't want to bury the lead, but that is the worst fucking story in that book. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a fan. I hate every page of that story. Um, but we'll get into it because this is the book of the month episode. That's right. Yeah. And this month we are focusing on concrete depths. Well, by uh, Paul Chadwick. How did this win? What were the other challengers? Do you know them offhand? Ooh. Oh, I talk about putting us on the spot. Uh, right. Well, what we did was we gathered up all the also-rans, right? All yeah. of the books that never quite made it to the book of the month, obviously, but by a very slight margin, it was it was either neck and neck or books that have been on the the in the running for many months or or many times, and just for whatever reason didn't quite get the gold. So we took all those very worthy books and threw them into one pot. Yes, and, and I got them if you're interested. All right, and the winner was obviously concrete. But yes. w- what were some of the um, also rants? Uh, in alphabetical order, Brad Pack by Rick Veach, Flaming Carrot Omnibus by Bob Burden, Justice League of America, The Nail by Alan Davis, Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross, Scene of the Crime by Ed Baker and Michael Lark with Sean Phillips, Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, Volume 1 by David Latham, uh, The Punisher, Welcome Back, Frank, by Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon, and Jimmy Palmiotti. The Wicked and the Divine, Volume 1, The Faust Act, by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. They Call This Enemy, by George Takai, Justin Isinger, Stephen Scott, and Harmony Becker. And Wolverine, Enemy of the States, by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. Wow, I think there's an error on that list, though. Isn't Kingdom Come by, by Mark Evanier? 
<laughs> Look at you! You're <laughs> shooting you. all over the place. Nice, yeah. yeah. That was so fun. But anyway, so yeah, that was the list. All worthy, but uh, Concrete came up on top, ironically, because he's not, you know, able to do that very often. And um, we're going to get into it shortly. But uh, I want to tell you where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your home for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. Yes, that's right. It's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. The only place to go to keep your prices low. I'm going to trademark that. But anyway, uh, write these down because this is the last dance. If you don't get them now, they're going to go for pancakes with somebody else. From Dark Horse, Maze Book, number one, by Jeff Lemire. We talked, he talked about this um, in the last episode, right? Get in on it. It's going to be an oversized five-issue series. This is the first. Cover price is $5.99. Your price, $2.99. That's last price. Last price. Boy's pants, half off. Behemoth Comics with Nobody's Child is number two. This is a six-issue miniseries written by Massimo Rossi with art by Ramiro Barayo. And the cover price is $3.99. You can bring it home for $2.19. That's 45% off. Slightly different, but it's only 5%. And last but certainly not least, the buoyant uh, Vampirus is uh, featured in another series. This one is called The Vampiverse, spiraling out of Sonya Versal. Same concept. Written by Tom Snigoski and Janine Ickeson, with art by Daniel Main. Beautiful cover by Adam Hughes. It's redundant at this point, right? Beautiful. Of course it's beautiful. It's Adam Hughes. Cover price is $3.99. Your price, $1.99. 50% off. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books shipped as securely as possible and delivered right to your door. You don't have to do almost anything except type on your keyboard, tell them what you want, boom, you're done. You get comics delivered to your door. It's silly. DCBService.com. You hurt. Yes. Drinking water. Water. This is the Cranberry Raspberry Persuasion. Nice. It's okay. I'm drinking strawberry cucumber. Aha. Aha. Does that have alcohol in it? No. Oh. Does it say take on me on the front of it? <laughs> it should, but it doesn't. It's, yeah, it really should. Dap, are you going to buck the trend? You know what? I will. Um, nice. Ruben and Flora, Cabernet Sauvignon, and uh, Carbonari. Red wine from Chile. It's a good blend. Yay. Fitty fitty. Uh, sounds good. To the book of the month. Concrete. Depths. Yes. Uh, well, what, uh, what was your experience with this? When did you first read it, Vince? You know, it's odd that you should ask that. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought these off the stand. He never does. Yeah. Um, well, Dark Horse mean, Presents. Do, I was say, you mean, yeah, okay. So yeah, I got the early Dark Horse Presents as they were coming out. Um, and then as the single concrete 
showcase issues were coming out. I bought those. Like, I've stuck with Concrete ever since this Dark Horse Presents. Yeah. Fell in love with it. Not initially. Um, it took the Transatlantic Swim um, chapter to really make me fall in love with the book. Like, that's the one that locked me in. I, I mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't think he's done a better single story than that. I mean, he's he's come close and, and uh, a lot of great issues of concrete, a lot of, of thought-provoking uh, stories, but th- there's something about that transatlantic swim story that really just, it, it has everything that I've come to, um, I don't know if expect is the right word. When I think of concrete, that's the story I think of. I, I think it's the best story in the book. Oh yeah, easy. Down. Yeah, easy. Yeah. And Dap, this was your first experience, right? My first experience reading these stories wholesale. I've um, through Dark Horse Presents or the occasional serial um, or short published elsewhere. I've read other concrete stories. I, I know I knew very little about the character self. I was aware of Maureen and Larry, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't, and that he was a speechwriter for some reason. That that that, that piece of trivia always stuck with me. But um, yeah, as far as really getting down and dirty with the character, this is uh, this was my this is my first uh, go around with him, and and I picked up this particular volume. The reason why it's always it, it's been on the book of the month polls because I found this this copy at um, at Bruised Apple. So it's something I've always wanted to read. And um, and thanks to the patrons, I finally was able to. But um, but yeah, this was this is pretty much my my first deep dive. Yes, and, go ahead. What? No deep dive. I get it. Ah, pun city. But I'm bummed. And <clears throat> thanks to uh, Mr. John O'Neill, I can tell you exactly when I first read it because I talked about it on episode forty nine. Of eleven o'clock comics back in March twentieth, two thousand and nine. Yikes! Look at you. Yes, that that so. this is probably one of the books that contributed to your maturization as a comic book reader. No one doubt in my mind. Thousand percent. Yeah, yeah no the, doubt. The, this was, um, yeah, this was definitely a book that I, and and I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I'm. Even though that this is the episode, because John found the episode and the link and posted in the Slack, even though this is the episode where I spoke about Depths, the first volume, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I didn't go back to look, but I'm pretty sure that it came up in conversation between you, Vince, and Neesman about yeah. it in the in the episodes leading up to that, right. which then prompted me to acquire some volumes of Concrete and and or or take them off my shelf and finally read them because I. I either own them already from a sale at like Wild Pig or I quickly – because I own all the volumes of this version. Like I own all of these uh, soft cover uh, Dark Horse collections, which I don't even know. I assume they're still in print, but but I own, I own the complete run, and I think I must have bought them all at once on some sale. So, yeah, yeah, but definitely I remember this very much being a, a part of that journey of, of, of falling in love with with uh, books that are, are – are outside of the the band of of traditional superheroes for sure right well that's the thing um when i think indie comics 
those those characters and 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 books that are removed from that big two uh, aesthetic, right? The approach. Um, I got to think Cerebus, right? B- Concrete's always one of the first titles that comes to mind when you say independent comics. Bam, mm-hmm. con- and you know, and it's not. It, it it's it's not so far out in the weeds of independent comics. Like it's right in the middle. You know, it's not immediately accessible, but it's not as uh, it's not Neil the Horse. Right, it's not the the those mm-hmm. obscure books that the cutie bunny. Right, well, yeah, true. Um, or well, we we could we could rattle off a bunch of names, yeah. Puma Blues, like those those books that are like so far out in the sticks that will appeal to only a tiny fraction. Like, uh, although it doesn't it doesn't parlay the 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 power fantasies. Like, there's no real villains in Concrete, right? Not at least not any with capes and cowls. It's it's a man trapped in an alien construct, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the brain of a man trapped in in an alien construct, and and so there's a sci-fi premise, but the stories for the most part are anything but. They're 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 almost mundane, right? Yeah, Which, that, that's the yeah that's exactly the point. I think in fact not only just to, not only like are they mostly, but like I think you're like you're. Like they are specifically, they're like he, like he is the only, he and his origin are the only things that aren't set in in our reality. So right. it's really about like what would it be like if we were just on this earth? Superheroes were non-existent. There were no such thing as magic and superpowers, and suddenly this 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 being existed. What would that What would that be like? Right. And he tries yeah. to put himself in concrete's shell, which I think is a great approach because. It's again unlike superhero comics. It's not plot driven. It's character driven. Yeah. The the stories spiral out of what how would Ron react in this situation? What would he do? How would he solve this problem? But it's all it all emanates from the character of Ron or Maureen or Larry. Um it's not, you know, the Serpent Society wants to overtake the world again and and how do we stop them it's that it, they're, they're to, two totally different approaches but i i, I don't want to you know poop on superhero comics because god we love them but i think the formula of concrete is a we said it before it's a much more mature approach to peeling the 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 wrappers off the characters that make these stories tick right there's not a whole lot of room for introspection in the superhero genre because there needs to be a requisite amount of punches thrown per issue or you're going to lose your audience, right? There's not a whole lot of punches in concrete. There's more, no. uh, there's more metaphorical punches where yeah. Ron, Ron likes to beat himself up a lot and, and, and likewise. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> uh, I, I will say... That um, I, I mean, I read the majority of it back then, and then I haven't revisited it until now. So it's been over a decade, and I thought it was fantastic rereading it. I mean, I I didn't, even though I knew it was coming this time, I I, I was definitely happy that uh, that one. In retrospect, I'm happy it won the poll because I I was I had a, a blast revisiting it. Um, yeah, same. Maybe a blast is the wrong word because like you said it's not exactly like a rah-rah 
yeah, let's fucking go kind of book. But but no, but I really did find it uh, as as I did. It was as good as I remembered it to be um, upon discovering it. Right. And it, but and it's also a book that contrasts disturbingly with modern life. It's not a fast pace. Um, uh, Why well, I, I don't? How do we? How do you put this into words? Our need for instant information, and um, you know, Superboy Prime died, and 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 this happened, and then oh look, he came back to life in in this issue, and like it, there's not, it's not a grand tapestry. There's these little tiny, isolated incidents that almost demand you slow the fuck down and just digest the information it's not there's no breakneck breakneck speed with these things there there's a very deliberate pulse to the book and it's 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 constant and it's uniform and it's boom 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 right um that is not how we live our lives these days I'm checking Twitter on my phone and I'm looking at the news and I'm trying to digest this information. There's other sources of, of, of data coming from everywhere. That is the antithesis of concrete, which I think it's nice that we read this now because it, it forced me just, you know, from, from my point of view to just take a breath, settle the hell down and just wrap this, this world that Chadwick has created. Um, around me and just try and try and um you know parse the the these interpersonal um relationships and they're really complex like uh you think that these characters are one note but they're not that's what makes this book so great these these are very very uh vividly fleshed out characters who don't always act like you've come to know them like the and which is surprising but that's how we are right i'm not me 24 hours a day seven days a week i could be a a, a dick one day and then you know say god of that and go into the lovable person that i am but we're not consistent organisms we're erratic and faulty and 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 we we sometimes say and do things intentionally to hurt other people and, and that's all in this book right and I, I think it, on the one hand, it's so simple an approach, but um, on the other, it's very complex. Like th- this is going to, if you have grown up uh, or cut your teeth on a on a diet of strictly big two superhero books, this book is going to seem like it was created on another planet. Um, it's going to be to- totally alien to you, but that's a good thing, right? Because it pushes you out of that comfort zone. You need to experience new things and, and new ways of, 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 of telling stories and, and new ways of, of making art, um, which is a good segue. Uh, the, one, the thing that immediately attracted me to the book was, was Chadwick's art. I mean, not having read a single page of it, the art um, grabbed me because I see him as a, a combination of Steranko and Eisner. There's a like he says in the introduction. There's a lot of little tiny panels. Uh, some pages are nothing but little tiny panels, but there's a lot of visual information and they're they're dialogue heavy and the the blacks the way he 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 uh, Chadwick um, tips in shadows is a lot like Steranko. Um in in in, in uh, not on on the uh, the characters but in the backgrounds. 
he uses shadows to great effect in the backgrounds. But um, and then you got some body languages. I see a little bit of Eisner, not as loose and expressive as Eisner, because Chadwick has a rigid, rock-solid line. Again, pun intended. Um, but uh, just the way he, um, like the body language, and the the way characters present themselves. Sometimes they're hunched, and sometimes they're relaxed. And you know, when when Concrete's in the cinder block chair, he's he's almost like slumped over because you know whatever the story requires but i i think um chadwick doesn't get enough um play in the in the uh annals of fandom as a as a an extremely talented illustrator mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that uh the inking in this book is sublime uh it, it's tight it's, yeah, yeah it really is and, and I, I i agree with you it is a book basic i mean yes even though it is a, a uh, uh, even though the protagonist uh, is essentially a, a, an alien created golem, uh, it, it is, for all intents and purposes, a relationship book, a lot of talking heads. Uh, but every now and then, Chadwick reminds you of how talented he is with these jaw dropping pages. Right. You know, we're, we're out of a lot of it is, is, is six, nine panel grid people talking, have whatever. But, but then every now and then you're presented with this incredible layout or, or, or creative endeavor. Like when he takes you to the alien world and he zipped away and you, and you're like, wow, like that. And it, it's, it's almost like these little spark reminders of how talented Chadwick is as an illustrator beyond being able to, to do a relationship comic. Right. Uh, yeah. And another anomaly with the 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 series is the concrete as a design construct is not that elaborate there's really other than his mouth there's really no defining characteristic he's an amorphous almost shapeless blob of rock right it's it's the mouth that really is the trademark of the character with the the horizontal line Mm-hmm. with the perpendicular line down the middle right and it's just that's so very simple but it, he casts i think as that that's the benchmark of of really good character design if you could if you're if a silhouette of your character sells it then you're on to a good design right and i think concrete silhouette while it's not particularly um uh, amazing it it, it 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 speaks volumes you know who it is when you see it it's definitely not ben Grimm, right it's definitely not the hulk it it it, it works as concrete but when when the mouth is is uh showcased i think that is the defining characteristic of concrete the the, the mouth is really smart design really special and it's it's borderline why didn't i think of that right it's just two lines but it's amazing um, yeah, I think the the facial features of Concrete are just, they're, it's a winner. Be, but he has an animation background, right? So Chadwick knows how to how to distill to the barest essence, right? Um, sometimes I think he goes a little overboard on Maureen's hair. <laughs> like he, he channels his, uh, his Perez a little bit sometimes. But, you know, I get it. You know, you want to you wanna showcase the skills. Right. Anything else? <laughs> That's it. It's a wrap. <laughs> the um, him sitting in the cinder block chair. That's that's the iconic image I have with for concrete. Um, it's kind of what I've always 
whenever I would see the character or think about it, that's that that that's the image I get. There there's um no, I absolutely the door Chadwick style. Um you guys have said the the, the art is absolutely fantastic. Um when it was published it wasn't necessarily is in my wheelhouse. There are certain things. Um, there are. It's weird when when um, they. It's it's it, it, it's hard to say. There's just there's certain things that I think about when I think about Dark Horse, and and Concrete is definitely one of them. Uh, like Hellboy is. Um, is this your hot take, or are we saving that? No, no. The, well, no. Th- see, the the the, the hot take was it, it's it, it's kind of like um, the I felt I've I've always always been a fan of Dark Horse, whether it was Dark Horse Presents or um, or even you know the the, the real early early days um, when 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 they would throw out the anthologies like like Mayhem, which gave us the mask, and and I've, I I I think Dark Horse for me, Dark Horse was was a really nifty independent publisher. They weren't um, they weren't Eclipse or First, but you know they 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 had other works that you know you could kind of just go off the beaten path, and you know if if if, if you're burnt out on superheroes or you're just you you want to try something else then that's you know that's where you go to to um you find something at dark horse and and i think like the most superhero-y thing they had eventually um was nexus but even before then and this is where i looking back i feel like it was kind of a misstep it was nifty because hey it's it's you know it's a dollar a book and you get one every week but but i really think that um which has nothing to do with concrete comics greatest world wasn't exactly i'm not gonna say it was a misstep but it didn't um they felt like they were playing catch-up because hey here's image and and now we're you know we got our own superheroes and it was just it 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 kind of it didn't sour me on the publisher it just it 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 didn't feel right so i i kind of stayed away i mean i i was reading comics greatest world but i wasn't really following everything dark horse was doing at that point i really i i just felt like you know dark horse was the place with the aliens and, and the predator license and um and i would see what they were doing from time to time and i'd go back to pick up an issue of dark horse presents here or there but um but i think concrete it's 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 weird because when i also think of dark horse i think of like bars the bear and and, and concrete kind of just feels like it almost feels like to me concrete would be great also as as a self-published book like like you know if terry moore is doing it with strangers in paradise chadwick could absolutely or even sim with cerebus chadwick could do this with concrete easily i didn't it, it's almost like he didn't um wouldn't even need dark horse to just, just put these stories out so it was just that that's part of um where i think concrete didn't probably connect with me when it was being published it wasn't something that it just it wasn't really a it wasn't something that i i would see on the shelf and go oh cool the latest concrete story is out and 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 i gotta get this it just it it's um because i was just too young and stupid at the time so it, it it's one of those things where i am glad now that uh i have the yeah i have the opportunity to sit down with a more 
mature or, or relaxed viewpoint and 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 i can kind of because if you know 18 year old me would not have um really been grokking to these stories all that much they 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 they, they look beautiful but the, the the story themselves and and i and even after reading this book part of me is like i kind of wish i kind of wish i didn't know the origin i would have loved to have just let the mystery be just kind of just it, it's it's nice to you know know what really happened but i i was digging the mystery halfway up into into the book because it, it, it that wasn't what was really important to me it was, it was it was knowing what knowing who concrete is and how he interacts with people and how he's getting around and and living in this this rock shell um that to me was more interesting and what i was more into um and then and then halfway into this volume we we get the origin story and i'm like it's i mean i I, no matter what how it happened however ron got into this shell um i don't think anything would have really lived up to whatever i was imagining could have happened but um it it just it i i think some of the story placement i i think if um well, you couldn't have started off with Transatlantic Swim because everything would have just paled in comparison after that. But um, I would have liked to have maybe, I don't know, I could see the origin story being told. Not right away, because you don't need that right away. It's just, it, it, it these are all just little rampant, nitpicky thoughts in my head. But um, but I, I absolutely, think it, it's a fantastic book. I want to read more. I absolutely do. Um, There's just little things that as I'm reading it, I'm I'm trying to also with with the context of when this was because because a lot of the a lot of the the jokes or at least the um the gags and and the the characters you see in the book they're, they're obviously a little dated it's 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 of its time and that's and that's fine and it's great and 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 it's a time capsule in that regard but um I'm just running a little over the place. I I think it's it's a fantastic book. I'm glad it won. I I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, I just can't say, as much as I love the art. I can't say I absolutely love the book from from cover to cover. Well, see, unlike you, I can't extricate concrete from Dark Horse. I mean, more so than Nexus and Hell. Oh, well, yeah, no. Ne- well, well, Concrete is the poster okay. child for Dark Horse, for me. Okay, all right. Yeah, but um, because Nexus didn't begin at, at Dark Horse. No, no, absolutely not. Um, no. and and you know everybody's go to with Dark Horse is Hellboy. Um, you know, I enjoy Hellboy, but I don't enjoy it as much as Concrete. I think Hell, I, in comparison, Hellboy's one note. I, you know what? As and I, and I, I haven't read everything of hellboy I, I i have a lot of it thanks to various digital sales but um i haven't i haven't read it all and i think i i would and being this the one volume i've read i mean i think i think the cast i think the supporting cast of hellboy for me is more interesting than hellboy himself but um i i got a lot more out of depths than i have i think to date of um of anything I've I've read um right from Hellboy. Well that's the thing. When I say Hellboy, I'm talking strictly Hellboy. When it opens up okay. into BPRD, 
that's a totally different thing. I mean, I think sure. that was a very smart move on uh, Mignola's part to to widen uh, immeasurably the, the you know the Hellboy universe. But um, just in, in terms of the character, like uh, Concrete equals Dark Horse for me, it, and it always has. I can't see the book being published anywhere else. Uh, it just wouldn't feel right, and that that's a a, a very subjective thing because you know a lot of books move around um from publisher to publisher and and while the uh the tone of the book may not change and the creative team may not change it just when you see a a a logo on the front of a cover and you expect that logo um you know the 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 dark horse logo it, it, it just that's the birthplace and that's the home of concrete to me it would feel disingenuous if I picked up a book and it was concrete and it said Marvel on the front. I'd be like, what? That just doesn't feel right. Um, but again, that has no bearing on the contents. That's just right. my, pers- you know, if your aunt lived down the block for 40 years and then she moved to another state, it's going to feel weird to go to her house a little bit, right? You know, so I don't know. Um, uh, there was something else I wanted to say, but I uh, think I lost it. It's mm. gone. It's gone. Well, it's worth mentioning um, for just for context to people listening that perhaps haven't didn't follow along with us. Um, this is the first volume of the Dark Horse collected editions of Paul Chadwick's Concrete. But by design, this is not like the first. Con- this is not the first ser- series of, of Concrete stories ever told. No, the, it, it was curated this way because this is the way that Paul thought it would be best if you were going to sit down and read all of it, right. to read it in this order. But this includes work from <clears throat> from 86, when he first created Concrete, all the way through 2005. And it was, um, it was in uh, DHP, Dark Horse Presents, like the first issue, there's something from the first issue, and there's something from the 150th issue. Which is a great series. issue, by the way. Issues. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super familiar. So it's it's got from issues one, eight, ten, and one fifty of DHP. Um, yeah. So 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 like that. That's I think that's important context. And although I often decry the uh, liner notes and editors notes and all the director cut and all that stuff, I, I I did read this introduction or reread it, I should say. Um, which Paul writes, and I think it's helpful context in terms of why yeah. he structured it this way. And the the I think the most interesting thing about his intro relates to something that Daff said about how he, you know, Daff said, I, I never, I'm not sure I ever needed to see the origin, because Chadwick has an incredible fascination with the origin, so much so, and he explains this in the opening, he attempted to tell the the origin three separate times over his yeah. career. Uh, now, the one we get here is the original, and, and, and it's the shortest, but he actually writes an entire uh, long-form story later on in his life uh, about the origin. So he was obsessed with the origin, which I do yeah. find interesting. I don't believe the the prose was ever published. At least I don't remember it being published. Mm. I, I, it could have been a blind spot. But um, I usually kept an eye on Concrete, but I can't for the life of me say if that was ever published or not. Yeah. You mean the novelization? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, those of you who uh, have you don't own this book and you're on the lookout for it, be very wary because even though it says first edition, um, there are two versions of this, maybe more. Um, when you look at the table of contents, if it says glossary or gallery, on the the very last entry should say gallery on page 205. There's an edition that does not have the gallery. It's only um, well, whatever, 199, like about 200 pages or so. But the, in the the table of contents, Water God comes after Transatlantic Swim. That's silly. And that's not how it should be. Water God chronologically takes place before Transatlantic Swim. So if your copy that you're holding in your hands in the bookstore or wherever you, you find one has Transatlantic Swim after Water God and has a gallery, that's the one you want. Um, don't go with the other one because it's just confusing to read those two stories out of order. Like in, in Water God, he's testing out the swim fins that he's going to use on his transatlantic swim. And how could that come after the actual transatlantic swim? Doesn't make sense. So, you know, take note. I, knowing that I, I knew, I, I knew that these were just, these weren't a chronological retelling from start to finish of, of his earliest appearances as, as they were coming out. Um, so I know that there are obviously stories in between these stories that I haven't read yet. Um, and there might be little things that I'll notice as the years go on, as I continue to read it. Um, is, is Maureen clumsy? Does she get hurt easily? Because there are her hands are, are, are wrapped up or hand or arm is in a cast. She drops things a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just she, curious as to like why 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 in this one particular story where Maureen isn't isn't really a focal point she's in the background she's helping concrete she's cleaning up but that. her arm is in a cast and I'm like when did that and obviously it didn't happen in the earlier it didn't happen anywhere else in this book so I know I missed something or I don't know if it's just something that that Chadwick is just like yeah I I, I you know it's just something I threw in there to see if anybody would notice oh, I he does know. that too yeah he'll throw shit in 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 sequences that you know have no bearing on the 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 narrative thread but they're there for just to flesh out the world like yeah she is kind oh, of which i love I clumsy love yeah 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 and because i when i first saw that it was like um why is she cleaning up shit in the back yes. what's going on with her <laughs> hand like what what is this but that to me that that speaks of a character that's thinking beyond yep the 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 story into you the can world read any superhero comic and everybody's perfect no one does anything wrong this is the, this is it, it's it's a breath of fresh air in that regard yeah yeah, well, and that I think that's really the crux of it is that it is is and what makes it such an eye opening book, even almost twenty five years later. Well, no, actually twenty five years later, um, is is it really? I mean, it is in, in essence a super book, not not superhero. But I mean, he's not a but 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 yet it's all about examining what that would be like if you could tear down all the ridiculous tropes that have always been embedded in superhero lore, which is that as soon as someone gets their powers, they're masters of them they're fearless they have no qualms with how to utilize them or or that that's their lot in life now to be heroes all the time and save the world and they just automatically know their place and they're they're benevolent and altruistic and uh and, and that's not this right like like in in every way he 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 is struggling with his identity his sexuality or inability to be sexual his his confidence how best to utilize 
his newfound body and, and whether he should follow a, 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 a societal mandate to, to do the best he can with it almost, you know, versus wanting to do, do what's best for him and monetizing it and, and whether or not it's just, it's a fascinating uh, look into the human condition. And, right. and I think a lot of the, the, the psychosis that goes into being uh, an American adult uh, that, you know, and I say American because I think this book is decidedly American in the sense that it is very much, and it was created in the mid eighties. So it makes sense. It, it was, it's very much an examination of, of not just the human condition, but consumer, you know, consumerism, capitalism, the media. Uh, yeah. The media. And, and, and I will say um, not to go too far afield because obviously our, our thing tonight is to talk about volume one depths for, for me, I, I think Deaths is great. Like I said, I was having reread it. I, th- I think it's great, but I, I, I think it only gets better from here. I, I think that 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 anyone that did play along with us this month and enjoyed this as much as we did, but haven't read other Concrete, do yourself a favor and, and read two and three. Certainly, if you if you have Comicsology, Comicsology Unlimited, you can get volumes one, two, and three, and there are seven total volumes uh, as part of your Comicsology Unlimited. So if 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 you you can keep reading, and I think you should because Chadwick, he he. Once you get to know Ron, and you get a sense for him, I think you get an even richer set of stories beyond this. And and you really, Chadwick gets very political. I mean, and, and some of the things that he wrestles with back then are just as poignant, if not more poignant now. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's 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 all over climate change and 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 ecological damage and destroying. And it's the, world. the perfect character to do that with. Absolutely, you know, and 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 he's all about racial injustice and 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 the wealth gap and uh, and and media uh, mis misportraying or portraying things to suit their agenda and the political agenda. I mean, it's very very poignant now, probably more than it was when I read it. It feels more poignant than it did when I read it in two thousand and nine. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. I, I wouldn't say it gets marginally better uh it 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 always concrete always stayed really good like fragile creatures great strange armor i mean the 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 collected editions are awesome but um i i think he's one of the few creators that managed to produce a series that stays at a very particular level of greatness the entire um you know, breadth and width of the, the au revoir. I don't think it ever got to the point where, you know, um, concrete joins the West Coast Avengers. Like, like those moments <laughs> that, that the, the creator, you could tell is at a loss for ideas. I, it's always robust, uh, conceptually. And, uh, that, that again, that makes it stand out from, uh, the pack. And the one thing that I latched onto, um, very early reading this was, he Ron lives a very tortured existence, but a lot of it is self-inflicted. Like, okay, um, picture yourself trapped in an alien construct, sans genitalia, or or any kind of um, apparatus to make you feel that that in that manner, right? You, there's no hopes for any kind of sexual release. You you cannot experience the touch of another uh, organism. Uh, you're you're just walled off from everything around you, and yet he surrounds himself with erotic art. 
like that is that that is as self-deprecating and and defeatist and and um uh abusive self-abuse to me Mm -hmm. like if you can't go down that avenue why would you surround yourself with depictions of of nymphs and and things in in very erotic poses it just it 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 just there's no end point like you you can't cross that finish line so why would you want to experience the the beautiful curves of a a thing you could never ever have it just but that that is the the one of the conceptual hooks of this book where that chadwick does think about uh, and delineate those kinds of things in this book where um it's and it's absurd that he would do that but uh, and and I think the the the, con- the the cinder block chair speaks volumes too because it's almost like a throne, right? right? Yeah, it's it's shaped like a throne. And in the beginning, in the early stages of the book, it's very very well organized. All the blocks are lined up and they're they're pristine. But as the series goes on, you'll have a block that's askew. There'll be a chip out of another block. Like conceptually, that's a statement, right? Yeah. And and it's just it's so easy, so simple, but a lot of you know, um, I don't I don't want to say a lot, but it, I mean there there are there's a certain group of of creators that just wouldn't even concern themselves with that, right? That's not a part of the story, so why should I go there? But it is a part of the story, right? It's the part of the world, and the world is the story. So I don't I don't know. I, I again the, the love I have for this. Um, series and it's one of those things where it just keeps revealing things and he says that in the beginning he's like i put things in here uh that uh you know were for me where i didn't expect people to latch on to them but then you can't help it. it 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 does um add to the sum total of the experience it doesn't detract from it at all right it's just more information and that's that's how we we experience it with information sensory information right uh, no, I, it's just freaking um, on a level by itself. Uh, conceptually, the character of Concrete is is perfect because in the book, and we should start talking about the book, um, there are flashbacks to Ron as a child in the in the in the days before he was uh, uh, became an alien experiment, and he is very much um, walled off from other human organisms but without that the physical rocky shell he's he's an introvert um a lot of his experiences come through reading he's a fan of explorers and the guys that that become these larger than life characters and they traipse all over the globe like he's living vicariously through others where he's not living all that much through himself right and that's exactly what happens when when he gets um, jammed into the alien shell. He starts to do all the things that he never did when he was Ron 1.0, right? Um, it, 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 it's a cool take on it. And uh, he, he uh, throws himself into situations to help others. And then yet when he was in the cave with his buddy uh who didn't want to go down the hole he didn't stay with him he didn't help him he he wanted to experience things and and as a result 
you know, his friend, um, let's just say, disappeared, right? Um, he didn't engage with society before on a significant level. Well, now, when he's walled off from everyone, he tries to engage with society. So it's a, it's it's a trying to um, undo the mistakes of a previous incarnation in this new shell. And I don't think it's always successful. <laughs> I, I I think he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, altruistic. I mean, he he just he wants to help, but I think in a lot of situations he ends up um, causing more harm than good. Yeah, I mean that's right because he he's he is an he's he's a fish out of water. I mean, physically he just he doesn't he doesn't know his new body. He's right. a lot of this is trying to figure out what his body is capable of, and um, and there is this strange uh, sneeze. Sorry, jeez, oh, I'm trying to hold back a sneeze as I talk. Um, there's this there's this strange push pull where. He's got licensing deals, and he's making, and he agrees to take money to go to party appearances and go on talk shows, and then he's like, "Oh, I want to test my body out to see that I can help save people or do the, do 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 right by the world." And it's, it's uh, it, it, I guess it's interesting. I, to, you know, Dap said a eighteen-year-old him probably wouldn't have appreciated this. I, I don't know how I would have felt if I read this and it was coming out. I would have been a teenager. It wouldn't have. I don't. I, I kind of tend to agree with Dap in the sense that I don't think I would have had the perspective on life um, that's embedded here f- to fully appreciate it. We, we would have seemed more foreign to me, more distant. I, I don't because I wouldn't have had that journey yet, where I was often, as we all do, where we have where we, we have that constant push pull of, am I doing enough to help out? you know, other people in the world and things that I care about is, am I just paying it lip service or can I do right. more? And, right. and yet like I do, I, but, but yet I'd like nice things and I like to have money to be able to buy things, and not worry about life. So it's like, I, I, these things all very much resonate with me as I'm sure they do lots of adults, but yeah, I don't know if 15 year old me would have had that perspective. I don't, I don't yeah. think I would have seen it that way. Well, I think I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it was the perfect time to experience this because that's around the time when you realize you're not just a um a, a, a lone soldier like you're part of uh it's great you're part of um you know society right and your actions affect others um and i think that's one of the things that ron is is figuring out too but we said that maureen was clumsy i think ron's a bit of a doofus too well let me ron he, yeah, he he breaks a woman's leg, but that's because he's flailing about because a bear scratched his face, and and he and he's got his eyes closed because he thinks you know he's he's. But yeah, there are. Um, he drops yeah, I mean, the damn air air thing in the. Uh, he lets go of the rope on the air thing. Like, yes, oops! Yes. Oh, I just let go of my my lifeline to the surface. Like, yeah, oh well, I mean, that, you know, come on. It's for the moment he's, thing, he, but. He's, but but I mean you got to expect a certain amount of of that kind of physical behavior because he's this giant creature. Like how how firmly can he hold onto a small rope with that m- massive hand? So part of it is the the new shape he finds himself in. But I think I think uh, in other instances he's he's kind of a of a of a bumbler too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, but again, I guess that also helps to um, to humanize him, in, even in this form. Yeah. Uh, 
and he does he does crave attention loves attention yeah i mean it's 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 i mean i there's the whole dichotomy there because as as ron lithgow as 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 a speech writer um as someone who was uh on the chubby side maybe not the best looking dude he did have obviously you know before he became concrete there was that i guess that one lost love of his life and um it's he 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 was he was content i guess to live his nebishy life um and now you know he becomes concrete and and and, you know for a minute he's thinking that we can do all these great things and i'm gonna go climb everest and um, i'm going to save people and look at i can spot things down in the ocean from high in an airplane and, and he's, he's got these plans now where i'm gonna do all this and um but it's it's it, it it's weird because you know you watch things today or you know you're aware of um whether it's that people who take shortcuts and and uh, you know this is I'm, I'm going to you know that now i'm going to be able to do everything i want to do because now i have i have that magic pill and and you know it's still it's still whatever's in you are still the person it's still your brain it's still your mind it, it, it no matter what so so now you have this suit of rock armor and yeah you're strong and you can do things but you know you still need to have have the willpower and the mindset to to do it and and you know there's, there's a little bit of growth i think once he becomes concrete um we we see in Ron and he's aware, you know, I mean there's also it's unfortunate that there's that whole thing with the government and the military once once he comes clean and he and you know, he goes to the to the uh to the senator and, and explains, you know, this is who I am and, and you know, they, they can't hide him obviously. So so now he's this big government secret and that 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 I think kind of maybe played out a little bit too long as far as the story goes but you know again it's 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 the 80s and you know the things are just you, you can't you can't approach that something like when this happened uh to to today's standards and and we're aware of you know how things have changed over the years but um there's there's still you know he's he's obviously not I mean, it's not it. It's not Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk, where they're obviously two different people. It's still Ron in there, but uh, the, the 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 mind may be willing, and 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 hopefully the mind can get him there in this body. But um, he's still Ron, and and that's that. I think that that's that's a hurdle he's got to overcome. That that's his limitation right there. Is that it's still I I want to do these things. It's just whether or not he has the. Uh, the fortitude or he doesn't he lacks the cojones now but you know but but the ability to to want to do those things he wants to set out to do yeah but look at his job before he became concrete he was this he was a speech writer yep he, he's putting great words in the mouths of others to make them look good like there's not right. a, a credit reel that comes up after a speech biden's not the yeah, i'd like to thank my janie jones my uh my speech writer for making putting all these words together like you don't get any of that he's he's almost invisible his his job is to make someone other than himself succeed right he gets paid for it sure but it's it's almost a thankless job he's on the sidelines right so when someone says hey i'll pay you 1500 bucks to come to my party well you could be the center of attention and he's like yeah okay he you know, we don't, he, 
know for certain that he absolutely needed the money. He did it because he was going to be the the attention getter at this um, uh, uh, party. And then when he goes to to save the miners, it's not because he came up with the idea. It's because there was someone else that wanted to use him to make themselves look good. Like he he was in the concrete body, but he might as well have been the scriptwriter or the, the, the speech writer in that guise, because he was acting for a, a person other than himself. And that didn't turn out well um, for anyone but the two guys he got out. But, you know, it, it, it seems like he starved just to, to, to be noticed, right? Hey, and, and again, when he goes out to the, the Carson show, they're like, you got to be boring. You gotta yeah. be gotta be mundane. Don't get too flowery or or interact, you know, um, on a level that's gonna make anyone think you're anything other than a cyborg, right? And he's like, oh, what? He's answering in like very very short bits, and then when he starts to open up, you see the guys back at the green room, like, whoa, whoa, you know, you're it's too high of a level. You gotta you gotta tamp it down a little bit because you're you're almost too human. Like, stop. So again, he's he's pushed out of the that 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 circle or that pedestal that he could be on if he just becomes himself. They they won't even allow him that. And I, I think that's a big part of the characters is is wanting and look at it with Maureen. He just wants Maureen to love him. Like he he fell in love with her and he just wants her to return it in some way. And she, I I can't blame her, but you know she's not gonna. <laughs> Uh, she could love him as a as a, an individual, but he's not going to get that full package with anyone. He's walled yeah, off. Yeah, and that that's that's another aspect of what I, what I love about it, with it being the real world in the sense that, and just tearing down a lot of the tropes that we accept in 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 superhero comics, like you know, Ben Grimm is effectively this, right? But and I'm I'm talking about the times when he can't turn into back to human form, but but in, in the in in Marvel it, it's never an impediment, right? Like like he he's he's got love interests. He gets fucking married. Like yeah, how's that work, right? Like in in if the if if that if that were a quote unquote real world, that ain't happening. Like she could love him as a as a as a being, but like they're not fucking. You don't like, know that. <laughs> oh, I'm saying the reality would be you wouldn't be that. He, he either doesn't have a dick or it's a giant rock. Oh, Ben has you. a dick. Okay, but again, I mean, right? I get it. Yeah, same thing with like Hellboy. Like Hellboy's a fucking giant devil. Like he's not. He's not betting. Like ninety nine point nine nine percent of 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 human women are going to find him physically repulsive. They're not going to be sexually attracted to him. Right. But like in this, that's the thing. I mean, he's he's a nice dude and he's sweet and he, he, but, but he's like stuck in friendland because of course he is. He doesn't have, a, he doesn't have genitals. Like he's, he's a giant rock. Like they're, they're like, that's just cock blocking though. No, for sure. But he can't, yeah, you can, I mean, you can cock block because you're, but if you're stuck in friendland, but you can't get laid. So it's like, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's what it would actually be like. It would, there would be huge downsides to having that kind of, Deformity. It, it actually reminded me of, of one of the things I really gave uh, DWJ Daniel uh, credit for with the Beta Ray Bill in that first issue when 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 Sif and Bill go back to their bedroom right. and she's ready to get it on and he can't turn back to 
his normal self and she's like oh yeah um yeah, I, I sorry, but like you're kind of repulsive in this form. I can't, I can't get like aroused. And he's like, oh, okay, I get it. And then he like skulks away dejectedly because she's like, you know, it's cool that you're that this thing, but like that's not attractive to me. And I, I, I just I love that about this. I love that 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 it very much is a series of trade offs, and it, and he is very much a tortured soul because yeah. even if he does live up to his very aspirational expectations for himself it's still going to be a life that he doesn't really want i mean he he didn't he certainly didn't he didn't take a vow of celibacy he doesn't want to be asexual he doesn't want to be loveless uh and 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 the even if he's successful in his ability to be a great hero that saves the world and does good and changes the world he doesn't want it to have to be a trade-off that won't make up for it like I think he would give it all up tomorrow to be back into his own body and yeah. get laid again. Uh, such as it was, though. I mean, there's a reason why Chadwick cast Ron initially as a overweight, nebbish kind of outsider because sure, but, there was but an very... overweight, neb- nebbish guy can can get laid. I mean, that that's not like... right. But the pos- the the chances are are less than. No, I don't think so. I I think the chances of of Ron in his human form betting a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model are, are very little. But I I don't I think any human being that is mentally equipped for it can have a, a, a healthy sexual relationship. Right. If but they're, if they're willing to, and I, what I mean is if you know they're willing to kind of accept their lot in life, right? Not yeah. But, but I mean, there's a reason that Chadwick didn't cast him as um, Ramita Peter Parker, right? He wasn't sure. dashingly handsome and and sure. physically fit and surrounded by Mary Janes and Gwens and you know you know what I mean. He mm-hmm. he was a a, a roly poly little f- dumpling of a, of a guy. But, but yes, yeah, so you are right. He, the chances were there for him to have an intimate encounter, whereas once he became Ron 2.0, that is that's eliminated but um and then you have people around ron with whom he considers himself close like larry larry's not above using his association to ron to further himself that that brings me to something i had on my list of here what do you what do you guys think of larry as as a as a character as a person initially i hated him really yeah i hated him uh, he he's an unsuccessful writer. You can just tell from his delivery. Uh, you want to hear about my story? And he goes stone yeah. by stone. Like here, well, your story is this guy wakes up and goes to the refrigerator and opens it, and he's a, like, "That's not a story. Tell me what the story's about." And 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 Ron is even like, "Oh Jesus!" When he when he hears the opening salvo of Ron's story of of Larry's story, he knows he's in for it because. This is not a, a, a conceptual thinker. It's it's a person who can't encapsulize his damn thoughts in, into a, a little chunk, easily digestible chunk. He he goes through all the progression of the story, and you still don't know what it's about, right? So that's not the sign of a good writer to me. It, that's the sign of a wannabe novelist, right? And and I think. Um, when he's talking to that reporter, oh, yes, she's hot. And he was trying to, he had an ulterior motive for engaging her in conversation, yes. But again, he's talking to someone that could 
in a sense, further his career, and he still he lapses into his his true self. Oh, this is what happens. Guy goes to a refrigerator. It's like, ah, uh, you could almost feel the groans coming off these people that he's engaging with. Now, I, I thought initially, I mean, Larry obviously develops over the course of the series, but the the baby steps in the beginning. No, I hated him. Yeah, I didn't like him at all. Dap, you seem to disagree based on your. Hmm. No, I mean, I um, I mean, I, I found him. I mean, hate hate's a strong word. I didn't. I, I just. I figured he. Um, yeah, he, he he unsuccessful for sure, um, and needy, but um, I didn't think he was written or presented to the degree that. Um, I roll my eyes whenever I see him walk into the room where he's going to try to insert himself into into being, you know, the center of attention or let remind people that he's there. He he is kind of in the shadows a bit when the attention does come to him. He kind of lights up a little bit and um and he's happy to be involved, but he I, I, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't groan whenever he, you know, whenever he showed up. Uh, yeah, I find Oh, I was going to say, I, I found him to be annoyingly incompetent. Yeah. And the biggest issue I have with this first volume, aka like the origin stuff, is is that Concrete hires him because he doesn't have the manual dexterity to chronicle his own adventures anymore. But what we know of Ron... You have to be a really good speechwriter, in my opinion, to be a speechwriter for a senator. Right. You know, you, you, you have to have had real chops and be all about the business. So it surprises me that he chooses this dude. Like, like, like there, because by the time he hires him, like, concrete, there's, there's concrete t-shirts and there's licensing. Like, he's a, he's famous. He was on Tonight Show. So I, I would think that there would be plenty of very talented far more um, accomplished writers more than willing to go on that adventure with him. And I realize it's kind of serendipitous. Like they're sitting there and he's talking to the guy and then they have to go on this, 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 this cave thing. And it's kind of like, all right, just come with me. And I, I get that. So I'm willing to accept it. It just was a, a function of momentum, but it does seem like a little bit of a, of a leap, especially because the other people he surrounds himself with are highly competent at their fields. Right. right, so it it does seem a little bit of a reach, but I get it. I get why he did it, and I get why we need a character like Garrett Larry because we need someone that can reflect uh, off of, of of Ron, and 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 so I get it. Like I'm, I, I understand why he did it the way he did it, but I, I have to say it was a little bit of a leap for me. Right. Yeah, and and I think a credit goes to Chadwick for actually casting a man in this role, whereas if it was a woman that uh, applied for the job. Ron would have hired her, in a, well, an attractive woman. Ron would have hired her in a second because he just wants people around him. I think that's part of the reason why he hired Larry. Was like, all right, you know, this guy has warts and 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 all, and but he still maybe you know maybe I can get to be friends with this guy. He just wants people around him, you know, and and uh, and like you said, he hired him to type. <sighs> you yeah, can, it you makes can, me wonder. Do you think that there's an under undercurrent? Like, do you think Maureen, if Maureen wasn't a hot woman, do you think he would have had her work with him? Or do you think part of the under the, 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 the subtext of this is that maybe she isn't 
the top of her field, but it doesn't really matter because she's a super hot woman and yeah, wants to spend I, time with him. I think that's a chicken and egg question because she <laughs> she comes into the picture fairly early, and, and she she does seem quite competent. Yes. She does, and she looks the way she looks, which. Um, Story-wise, one can parlay that into her getting, um, her advancing not only on the basis of what she knows, but that you know it doesn't hurt to 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 be physically attractive as well as really knowing your stuff. But uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. He definitely, I mean, why didn't he glom onto one of the male techs? That the in the initial stages of his of of them discovering what he is and what he could do, there's plenty of male tech tech uh, techs around. But no, obviously he's a inside that cr- crunchy shell. He's still a, a man looking for the things heterosexual men look for, right? So of course he's going to glom onto Maureen. Like who wouldn't? I would. Uh, even even though uh, you can't consummate any kind of physical relationship with her having a beautiful thing around like the art on his walls it's not necessarily a bad thing right so i think the friendship that developed became the thing but initially i don't think it was i think he 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 did fall in love with her but the fact that she's she's beautiful helped a lot right so I don't know. How, again, I, it's, I, I don't know how to. Which came first, the love or the mm-hmm. the attraction? Uh, I don't know. And it's worth pointing out uh, that uh, this is definitely an adult book. I mean, there's a lot of erotic art. There's definitely sex and nudity. Yeah. I mean, in, in this volume, there's not sex, sex, but there is. There's there's a heavy, little heavy, he, heavy petting. Yeah, there's a little petting. bit of a of a boob Rubbing squeeze. A couple. Titty. Yeah. Uh, but but yes, but I mean, it is definitely an adult book. Yeah, and uh, Larry's almost Ron uh, Ron Light because when the the dude from the the uh, faux Guinness Book of World Records mm. was was grabbing on Maureen, like he took offense, he was gonna punch the guy's lights out. Oh yeah, he, no, no, he's easy armor. Yeah, he's easy target, right? I mean, how hard would it have been to to knock Reginald? Senseless. I mean, the guy was old. You know, if if the guy was uh, uh, Joe Manganiello, would he have taken those steps? I don't know, right? But yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think the, the the Reginald was an easy target. But anyway, he was defending Maureen. But I think she could have defended herself, is what I'm saying, right? Uh, and look at the the sequence that started off that whole interchange. He's taking a photo of Maureen's ass. Yes. As she's leaning over a railing. That's not a knight in shining armor. That's a creep. And then when, when Reggie grabbed her, her chest, that's when he sprung into action. But he was in the same zone as Reggie right before he he became, you know, Sir Galahad. So, I, I, again, I don't, I don't heap too much praise on Larry. Well, I mean... Yeah, see, I don't know. By then, I mean, there, it, it's... I... I I read this at the, at the by this point they're friends and it's it's playful. I mean, yeah, it, again, it's 2021. You don't do that, but you don't do that anytime, but it, they're friends and I could, you know, he he knows, I think Larry knows how far to go with it whereas, you know, top middle bottom over here is going to come in and <laughs> so and, top yeah, of that. that's 
that's that's just <laughs> I'm like I can't I I I just yeah I I I mean I think even if even if he was built like a brick shit house I think Larry would he may make motions whether or not he you know lay hands on the guy to tell him to back off is is a different story but I think I I think Larry is in a position that he's comfortable defending her honor because it's 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 just it's the right thing to do yes of course it's like you know it, it even even today if you were to do that for your wife or your loved ones and you're like you know yes i know you can defend yourself i know you can do this this and this it, me reacting this way me coming to your aid or, or or me thinking i'm coming to your defense doesn't mean you can't it's just how would it look if i just sat here in the back and you take it on yourself Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the the information when when he. No, I know. I know. Right when yeah. he's taking the picture of her ass, he's yes. like, "Oh, Ron's gonna love this photo." Yeah, Ron's You're not taking the trip. photo for Ron. You're taking the photo for yourself. And, well, like and he says that would be Concrete's favorite shot. Yeah, but that's not. He's not doing it for Concrete. He's and taking a picture of her ass. Well, like, what do you mean? Right. Well, yeah, she's a little. And the one thing that that kind of bothered me about Maureen was. In the aftermath of the the transatlantic swim, when um, Larry asks her, like, yeah, do you remember anything that, you know, went mm-hmm. on in, in the raft? And she's like, what are you talking about? She plays dumb. Yep. And then Concrete, and- who's very perceptive, asks her about it, too, because he obviously picked up on it. And how could you not be two feet away and not hear the sounds of whatever was going on in the raft? And she's like... You know, she, she, no, no, you know, she's, so there, there's a lot of, 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 of flat out lying going on initially with, with Maureen and, and stuff. Again, that, that's not, you know, the crease girl war, right? That, that, but that, that reveals a lot more about who these people are than, you know, somebody flinging a shield at a, at a, a robot. But, uh, not to say that this is any better than that. It's just different. Right, it's it's a it's a different animal, but yeah. Um, again, about Larry. Uh, later on in the in the in the book, you see Larry with a beautiful woman who's not Maureen, and was only able to access that through his association with Concrete. So it's um, Larry does come around. He becomes. Uh, uh, I mean, Ron wouldn't have let him in on the origin if he didn't. Just trust him, right? He he wouldn't. Yeah, you know. that's, true. that's true. So and and I, I like the way that Chadwick did it on the moonlit deck, where you're going and you see the the screen shimmer and 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 the events that led up to him becoming this this Ron 2.0. We'll call it. And I, I thought it was just the, the way the way the sequence was framed in the moonlight and these two characters, like it was all stripped down. In the darkness, just lit by the moon, and you had these two characters casting shadows. That's conceptually important, right? Uh, that they they met on a on a, a even keel, and he's just like, okay, I I guess I trust you because I'm I'm spilling my guts here a little bit, not completely, because Chadwick also makes a point of saying, I told yeah. I told Larry the origin story I wanted him to hear, yeah. where you know, which was not down to every dotted i and cross t which is good i mean he that just shows me he's smart i wouldn't 
uh, yeah, if, if, you know, you guys notwithstanding, but if I just met someone and became friends with them over the period of time, I wouldn't strip my soul bare initially. Like, no, you just don't do that because you got to, these people have to prove themselves to you that, that they can be trusted or that they, that there's someone worthy of your caring and concern, whatever. But yeah, it's just Ron is very smart. It's nice if I took Asimov to make an appearance. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind and, of stuff. Uh, and, and the skipper from Gilligan's Island. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to know that the captain didn't die. Right. Right? <laughs> no, seriously. Because then yeah, when, the, when the boat goes away, I'm like, oh, shit, that guy was fun. Like yeah. He seemed to be a, a, a noble soul. You know, someone in a captain position, you would be able to... to, to uh, hold your life in their hands, you know. But then the, the, they just wake up. It's like, and they're they're in the raft, and it's like, well, what happened to Skipper? Like, oh, I hope he didn't die. And there's just one line. Oh, we've reestablished radio transmission with the ship, and it's like, ah, yes, my dude got out. It didn't capsize. Excellent. And it's just a little one line that's just thrown yeah. in. Uh, yeah, it was great. I like that a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, but. I, I think the 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 volume is not without its. Um, I don't want to say flaws because who am I to 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 judge this as flawed? But I I really don't like the story with Duke. I the the uh, the pastiche of of both both Prince and John Wayne, uh, oh, and well, and yeah. Little Richard, I guess you could say, and Mick Jagger's in there too. But for more, for all intents and purposes, it's it's Prince. Look at the time in which this story was created. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, but once 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 you throw John Wayne into anything, I I, I kinda, yeah, I tune out. I'm, I'm I not, just I'm not you know sure. fuck that clown. I'm not either. Yeah. Um, John Wayne was a hero. No, that was Elvis was nope. the hero to most. Yeah. yeah. But John Wayne, yeah. No, he he was still mentioned in the in, in the song, but uh, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. But um. No, just this, this, uh, I would not find any of the antics that this clown did on stage creative um, or, or transgressive or experimental or, or uh, outre. And, and the, the, the guy perceives himself as this artiste, this self-styled artiste who's, you know, he surrounds himself with beautiful women. He lies to people. He, he's, from what I can tell, his lyrics suck. And his performance is like ridic sure. yeah. ridiculous. And again, concrete goes to his is ushered into his camp um, as, as you know as a bodyguard, not because the person on the other end, the thing that he's guarding, is worthy of of his presence. No, he's doing it because this guy's um, in the in the he's a celebrity, and if he's around him, he's going to be. And again, they they just mangle him. They mangle Ron. He, he's used as a prop during the stage show. They spray paint shit on his body. He's he's abused on stage, and the crowd eats it up. What does that get Ron? He he might as well be, you know, a, a flash pot or 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 some kind of a, a accompanying thing that you see at these these goofy shows. Like I, I, again, I think Ron intentionally put him into a position himself into the position where he could get attention, and it didn't work out that way. He got the wrong kind of attention. He was used as a clown, as a as a um, you know a, the equivalent of a, a rubber chicken. 
it, I, and, and, and again, I, uh, I had zero concern for Duke. Whether he lived or died or, or whatever, I just did not care. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think the women that surrounded him, they were doing what they were doing to you know, for ulterior motives, like one was, I think, going to put themselves through law school or something or yeah, whatever. Yep, yep. But, but, but you're 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 prostituting yourself. You're walking around in lingerie for this this freaking talentless hack, his enjoyment, and you're going to gain some economic, you know, windfall from that for what? You, you know, where's your self respect, right? And I, in I, 1987, and and. And Duke's manager is, is is a Trump analog. Oh yeah, puking. Uh, yeah, where did puking, that come from? Back. Oh my, everything. Who puking. says that? Like, I've just... never heard that anywhere other than this book. God, yeah. my puking back is is like what? <laughs> okay, yeah. this is weird. Uh huh. Yeah, but uh, it was nice. Not nice, but it was it was a, a revealing character moment that uh, Ron didn't capitalize on the fact that he caught the guy that was you know the the, the intended assassin who didn't have any bullets and is going to begin with because yeah. he's in fear of hurting someone that he didn't you know take that to the next level he's just like get the hell out of here right he heard his story and the guy had the information that clicked because when duke revealed yeah. his his you know name. not real name but yeah. his the real name he thought you wanted to hear um, the guy knew it. He's like, yeah, this is his real name, but this is what he tells everybody his real name is. And Ron was, he was on it in a second. So that says to me that, you know, the the rules um, don't entirely matter to Ron. The truth matters to Ron. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that that's how I live my life. Like, I'm not a big fan of rules. I'm a fan of the truth. What is and what is not, as I perceive it. Right or as as the information would would lend would lend me to perceive it right. Um, uh, Ron doesn't seem like the religious type, and he's 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 really not. Which is he he's all about the the black and not the black and the white, but he's all about the information. Give me the truth, and it's just another another uh, layer on this character that that um, is so vividly fleshed out. In this little thing, and maybe I don't hate the story for that, just because that instance alone, like that, I think that was worth enduring that scumbag's antics through the thing. There was a lot of pages to get to that. Yeah, yeah. It's not a short story. And he's got this this little shrine to the to John Wayne with a fucking gun on it. Like what, dude? You know, I mean, it's (laughs) it's it's just weird that that um, a black person would consider John Wayne someone of 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 uh to revere like yeah give me a break new not to say that there's not ever been a black person that liked john wayne but once you know you know i've yet to meet one but yeah i know yeah yeah Yeah. um but the listen if there are black trumpers there are black john wayne right yeah it's right i'm 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 painting with a broad brush but there's not a tendency like there's not legions, sure, sure. there's not legions of black people that you know. Yeah, the Duke was the best. No, no, he actually wasn't. <laughs> but, but what a, what a generation though that someone like that could attain the the level of stardom that John Wayne, uh, you know, rose to. 
like that was just a, a, an alien, alien, just strange time to be alive, man. You know, like whoever thought Rich Little was funny. I, I, you know, Waylon and Madam, like, why are you clapping for this person? I don't get it. You look back on these things, like, they're, you know, okay, the the classics are the classics, right? Abbott Costello, you know, those kind of performers, like, you can at least find, like, they were funny, even though it's a, it's a time capsule funny, but Rich Little, like, and John Wayne, what did anybody find endearing about these, these slobs? I don't get it. I, I didn't mind Rich Little, especially because that that just reminds me of when I was in Massachusetts visiting my grandparents. Because of course, you know, Grandma's watching Carson, and he comes on, and, and yeah. you know, so there's just there's there's a sentimental attachment to it. But it's not like I was like, oh snap, I got tickets to go see Rich Little. It's yeah. just you know. now I don't I, I I love the fact that Johnny Carson is in this book. Yes, because I I mean, as far as as talk show host, it didn't get any better, right? And and when you frame something around Johnny Carson and that whole media machine that was the Tonight Show, that is again that that is a very perfect time capsule. You don't need to really say very much else than have Johnny Carson behind the desk. That fleshes out the entire picture. You know instantly where you are, what time period, what's gonna mm-hmm. you know, and and the the anonymous thing. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I I guess it was a, a pastiche on the unknown comic, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, coming from a a person who just loved the Gong Show, just because it was anti-establishment from the get-go, um, and I I did like the the unknown comic, but the anonymous character just seems, I don't know. It's just very, very strange. Like, uh, to this day, I'm like, what was underneath that mask? And why did he react the way? But that's the thing, right? You don't know. But And Concrete erred on the side of caution and didn't emasculate the guy in front of the world. Um, and just, you don't fall to your knees sobbing when someone was going to remove your mask without good reason, right? What could it have been? We don't know. That That's the beauty of that story. Ron didn't know, and yet he chose not to destroy this person's life because, in a sense, his own life was destroyed in similar fashion. Yeah. Well, I I think the thing, too, is that Ron, and I think this plays out in subsequent volumes as well, while he is flawed and he has crisis uh, crisis of conscience and um, he's a horndog, he's a good person. Yeah. He He has empathy. He cares about the world. He does want to try and make the world a better place. He thinks the world needs help. And, and like anyone, he's, he's not always as successful as he wants to be. Sometimes he loses his way for selfish pursuits. But I do think at his core, he's a very good person. I think so, too. But a, as a um, a human being, he is susceptible to um, stray. You know, he can go off the, the straight and narrow a so little, say we all, right? I mean, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, he had a good time at the birthday party, even though the, the mother duped him into coming. But before he left, he made sure to put her car on top of the garage. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So that would have cost her a decent amount of money to get that car off the garage. Not, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, regardless yeah. of the fact that it was a very dangerous thing to do with children around. 
Like, what if the car slipped off the, you know, that, I mean, I don't know if he was thinking about that, but we don't. Or if the car collapses the garage. And right. Under right, it. right. He didn't think about that. But, I mean, as far as a, a, a little, you know, guffaw at the end of the story, it works. But the ramifications of putting someone's car on top of a garage, you know, I don't, that was the one instance where I don't think Chadwick really thought that one out a little, you know, to the, to its logical extents. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know the actress's name, but the the one that appeared on Moonlighting, that has the dark curly hair and the, the oh Beasley, Alice Beasley, yes, the, with with the very the noticeable voice, voice uh, yeah. uh, affection. I I always pictured her as that mom for some reason. Like the the mom is is far really? more yes, but the the mom is far more attractive. But I don't know. The first time I read that, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this reminds me of the lady on on, on Moonlighting, <laughs> and, which is weird because Moonlighting is mentioned in in the narrative that Ron uh-huh. appeared on on Moonlighting. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. I don't know. So I mean, what else do we have to say about this before we move on to other things? I mean, just that it's it's extremely highly recommended. I mean, on the back of the cover, it says probably the best comic being published today by anyone anywhere, and that's from Harlan Ellison. <laughs> he, uh, he didn't get he paid know. for that. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, no, it, it's it's. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm not. I'm not going to say, oh, hey, you know, you're new into comics. You should definitely check this out if you're, you know, if you're under the age of 18. But I think it's um, it's. I definitely recommend it. it it's absolutely it, it should be mentioned with with other things um, that we all claim to be you know, high water marks or, or or gems of the medium, whether it's things like Mouse or Watchmen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I got to read more without a doubt. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you wrote The City on the Edge of Forever, I'm going to take your words to, to heart, right? If you call this the best comic and you're responsible for that <laughs> episode, like okay, but don't forget though. See, we can go, we can go down a whole other rabbit hole because right. the episode that was aired is not the story that he wrote. No, but it's still a great episode. It is an absolute, and it has the germ of what he episode. wrote. Love they, that episode. They published the. You, know, you probably know. They published his. Actual yeah, treatment J- for J- it. Yeah. illustrated it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I mean in prose too, but yes. uh, yeah, not I mean. notwithstanding. I mean, uh, Harlan Ellison is responsible for some of the greatest books ever, yeah. right? Uh, so yeah, you're going to take his words to heart, and he wrote what's, comics as well. What's What's great about that 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 prose book uh, retelling the the story of the City on the Edge of Forever is. Harlan makes a point to mention that Shatner drove to his house and counted the number of lines Kirk had compared to everybody else on the show, on the episode. Um, and, uh, and, and Shatner is part of the reason why the episode is the way it is and how it strayed from the original story. I'm shocked. Right, that Bill would would concern <laughs> his own, uh, yeah. <laughs> stunned, so stunned. Oh. So anyway, um, Jason, closing thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out um, that this book was widely 
acclaimed. Like it was not just uh, a little niche thing that then over time built an audience. That this was this dominated the scene in the late eighties. It was yeah. the yeah. It won the Eisner for best series in eighty eight and eighty nine. Uh, it also won because this was the eighties. It had there was a separate category for best black and white series. You would never have that now, but it also won that in eighty eight and eighty nine. It was best new series in '88, and Chadwick was best writer artist in '89. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, this was like the book of the moment. You know, this right. was the saga of its moment. I find it fascinating. Chadwick has a, a preoccupation with going below the surface. We see it in this book. Um, he later created a series called "The World Below." where uh, a group of explorers you know tunnel into the bowels of the earth like he 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 again he's not surface level he likes to go beneath the things we can perceive into different modes of thinking and i think that's that encapsulates his approach to not only concrete but his his methodology of storytelling really well um he likes to likes to to claw beneath the surface, which is great. The um, and what was weird is that when when I did see, you know, I'm, I'm flipping through Amazing Heroes things like that, and I see Chadwick's name and 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 how you know there's there's gonna be a new that, that Dark Horse is publishing new character, and I saw Chadwick's name, I knew the name sounded familiar, um, and it's because he he drew one of the only issues of dazzler that i remember buying off off the rack yeah he did some other stuff he cut his teeth yeah yeah uh why hasn't dark horse done a concrete library or have they like like the hellboy library why haven't they done oversized hardcover editions of this stuff do they do hard do they do library editions for black and white stories i know obviously hellboy's color i don't know if they've done it for They're doing it for uh, they're doing it for what Harrow County and are they doing it? They, they've done it for Black Hammer, both color books. Yeah, but look at all the the freaking library edition manga they publish. That's that's all black and white. Oh like, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. You know, Berserk and and Helsing. Like, why why not do a concrete? The world needs it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been out of the spotlight for a good a good while. And that, I mean, whether he chose that, like Watterson, I don't know. But it, it, it would be nice if, if the current generation of readers were, were informed onto the, the, the magnificence of concrete. I am glad, though, that, um, that concrete kind of stayed with Dark Horse proper because yeah. it, it, never, it never would have... Um, it's not really the material for like the legend imprint and legend legend was great because you know it's it's a place where mignola and miller and, and wagner and Byrne could all hang out but burn and again it's you know, burn doing next men for dark horse it's you know, burn just spent years doing superhero stuff so that's you know that 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 that's his thing and of course that that's what he's going to bring to the table there but um yeah, I, I just I, I it it's there's just I don't know. It, like I said, it just it would have been lost on me earlier. I, I definitely get why you know you concrete and dark horse are synonymous for you, Vince. Um, and I 
I get it. it. It's just, it's, and I think also because I was only familiar with, I'd never read any of the miniseries, only whenever he would show up in Dark Horse Presents, and it just happened to be an issue that I picked up and I read the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, DHP it, was my shit. Absolutely. Yeah. It's weird though that I, I for me, if, if, if we're having that kind of conversation where what, what, what do you think of when you think of a publisher? It's for Dark Horse for some reason. It's 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 freaking bars to bear for me. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually an anomaly for Dark Horse. Yes. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, funny because then parody comic. They don't. That wasn't their thing. Right, but they did do the uh, the hamsters. Right. The, no, wasn't that Blackthorn? But eventually, didn't they find a home at at Dark Horse? Did they? I don't know. Initially, oh. yeah, it was Blackthorn, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, but yeah, but um, Boris the Bear, you're for that era of like, let's mm-hmm. make the same money that Eastman and Laird is making, was atypical because I again before that, what'd you have at Dark Horse? Black Cross, right? Um, yeah, Trekker. Um, there was uh, what the hell was um, the Chris Warner book? Um, Oh crap! But yeah, there was um, yeah they. But they blossomed quick. Oh yeah, they got that influx of money with uh, with the Aliens franchise, the license, and then um, and then I think I mean I, I don't know where they'd be if they never did Dark Horse because Dark Horse presents. I mean, Dark Horse presents gave us Sin City. Yeah, it it, it gave us so many cool little. The aerialist. Yep. Who did? I, who, who who did that? Who remember. did that? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Who? Uh, who? Matt Wagner. All right, everybody. We hope you liked this uh, take on Concrete Volume One Depths. Uh, please, if you haven't read it, run right out and get it in some form. It is a very worthwhile experience, as you have heard. Um, and we didn't really talk about you know the the stories in detail. Which I think is fitting because we talked more about the characters, which is the the real meat of what's going on here. So yeah, get yourself some uh, some concrete. I think it'd be kind of dry and flat if we just you know oh and here's when concrete punches himself in the face. <laughs> yeah. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> Almost gets here easy. Is, here he is spitting up mud so these guys don't <laughs> die in the raft. Uh, you know, my I, if I had to pick a favorite panel in the entire um, book, again, it's from the the I think the end of the transatlantic swim when he comes up on the deck of the ship and he's got the seaweed all over him. He's like, ah, he can't even talk. His fucking one eye is all big and shit. And the the the. the uh, crew members are like, what in the hell is this? And they hit him with a flamethrower. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, that it's very Kirby esque. That one panel when he when he uh, yeah, manages to get through everybody. On yeah, the next, yeah, great stuff. All right, let's move on. I also been reading. We all read the same thing, which is strange. Sings, yeah. Um, I, I things. It's a it's a it's a full collabo episode. It is, yeah. which is and really aside great. from yeah. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely right. It, and and it's a it's a first issue all Rama. Yes, mm. and uh, not ironically, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is coming from Dark Horse. What do you know? Uh, it is 
written by Mr. Mark Evanier. I hope I don't butcher that. I can never figure out how to say his name. Um, illustrated by Sergio and Thomas Yates. And it is Gru meets Tarzan. Number one. My, my favorite spy versus spy artist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is a, it's a neat little setup. This first issue is all set up. Um, there are three different threads that will no doubt intertwine before the, the miniseries comes to its conclusion. You have three stories going on here. You have one of the creators themselves, Sergio and Mark. And and they're at uh, San Diego Comic Convention. They're at a panel, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do uh, Gru meets Tarzan because Sergio always wanted to draw Tarzan. Even since he's been a little boy, that was his his dream was to draw Tarzan. And in order to make that dream a reality, Sergio thinks that he's got to go research, you know, jungle animals. So he's like, "Yes." We are going to go to Chula Vista Jungle Safari. And Mark's like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? No. Um, and and that, that story progresses from that point. Then, then you have the Tarzan story, which is gorgeously illustrated by Tom Yates. Um, and we, can we talk about the cover for a second? Yes. I love this cover because there's a very pronounced delineation from the Yates tree into the Sergio tree. I, I love that, that you have this bathed in shadow tree that only Tom Yates can draw. And then it just segues into the typical Sergio tree. And I think it's the cover is just magnificent. You know that I'm, I'm a big lover of Tarzan, especially when drawn by Tom Yates, right? And I love Gru. So this miniseries is, I think... It's the chocolate and the peanut butter, right? Yeah. You know, and then you have the 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 second journey that that occurs in this first issue is Tarzan's journey, and it's it's a simple Tarzan setup. He's on the trail of some slave traders. That information he picks up along the way leads him to the mysterious land of Paludon, and anybody who's read a lot of Tarzan knows that Paludon from the novel Tarzan the Terrible is kinda sorta Pellucidar. Kinda. There's there's dinosaur type creatures running. We don't see that in the first issue yet. Tarzan's looking out into the, 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 the landscape and he's like, I got the feeling I'm gonna encounter something I never saw before. He is correct. <laughs> if you know your Paludon. And then you get the third journey is Gru and Referto. And Gru, as always, is persona non grata. And he's, he's walking through these villages. And if you know the tale of Gru, you know that he's not the kind of person you want in your village. He's going to destroy something or kill someone. Uh, you got to get him out of there. And combat, unfortunately, is useless against Gru because while he is a pea brain, he is very adept at using his swords. So the, the elder of the tribe comes up with this plan to send Gru on a snipe hunt. You know, you love this cheese dip stuff. Yep. And I could tell you where to get the best cheese dip ever. And it's in the neighboring village of Angara. And you go there and you will find tons of cheese dip. And the best he cheese dip in the world. And Gru's like, all right. And while Gru's on his way to Angara, the, they send, uh, they make a little, they do their drum thing. And they alert 
the people of Angara, that group is coming, and here's how to get them out of there, right? So you have three stories that are that are um, three journeys that are all uh, embarking at the same time, and eventually, I'm guessing that you know uh, the the Mark and and Sergio story is going to dovetail into the Tarzan, which is going to dovetail into the Gru in some conceptual way, maybe not. Um, I don't think Sergio and Mark are going to be in the same actual story with Tarzan and Gru, but it'll happen in some way. And I, I mean, if the story didn't get you, or Sergio's art, or, or Tom Yates's art didn't get you, uh, th- there's a double page spread in this thing <laughs> that is just typical Sergio. And it's uh, it's the the comic book equivalent of Where's Waldo? Uh, they're at the San Diego Comic Con, and there's a massive spread of people, and like Sergio's work for Mad, in which he everything in the kitchen sink, that's what's in this panel. I I don't want to detail it in in too much uh, specifics because um, there's just so much going on here. Uh, the the least of which, uh, to me, is is Mighty Magnor. I never thought I'd see that character again. That's Mighty Magnor is the the Malibu series that Sergio and Mark worked on, where they did superhero rocks. It was uh, atypical for them, but I loved the series. And there he is, just walking. There's a cosplayer on the floor of the San Diego Comic Con, dressed as Mighty Magnor, like next to Rainbow, of all. People who was a character in Mark's DNA agents. And, and, and there's the, the Iron Giant is there. Yes. And, and it, this is a great spread. Like, I can look at this forever and just try there's and pick up. There's a sign for Mama from Mel Lazarus. Right. <laughs> like, comic strip. There's friggin' Baby Huey walking around and a million Harleys, of course. But, um, I mean, it, women. some of her even women. Right. It, it's a typical con experience. Like, everything you're going to encounter at a convention, you're going to see in this double page spread. It's incomparably good. I love Batman dudes saying, I, I cosplay so I can stand out. <laughs> yeah. There's like 10 other Batman standing yeah. I mean, the only thing is, I, I do believe that based on what I've been told and, and seen from time to time, that there is way more floor shown here in this double page spread than there actually is at san diego County. oh yeah 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 and one of the things that made me chuckle was uh the guy at the 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 dealer's booth going wow isn't it great you got all these cosplayers here and the dealer's like yeah i wish they had pockets for wallets because these these guys don't buy buy anything yeah sven goovy's even there yep i was just gonna say Yeah, I, I I think that uh, the to your point about it being three separate threads, I don't know whether this is hot takey or blasphemous, but um, my least favorite of the three threads is the group. <laughs> that like, is pretty bad. like I there's a there's a point because they're very self deprecating in this book. There's a point where. Evanier in the comic jokes about uh, Gru being one a one joke comic. Yeah, and it's obviously there because that is something that they get criticized for. And personally speaking, I think it's spot on. I was never a Gru fan because 
the every time I would pick up a group. So little little backstory when I was first buying comics in high school and I had a pull list. My uh, my best buddy Steve wasn't a real huge comic fan, but he loved Gru. So I would always get Gru on my pull list and give it to him. So every now and then I would read it and I never found it that funny because I thought it was one joke. Like I'm like, oh wait, this is the same joke over and over again. So like I I I chuckled when they were self effacing enough to to recognize that they're known for having one joke. And then the Gru part of this comic, I was like, oh this is this is yeah, this is the same Gru that was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. So like if this was just like, oh, we're gonna relaunch Gru, I would have had zero interest. But the the autobiographical sight gag mad magazine quality of the over over the of the the overstory and then the Yates Tarzan super intrigued by the whole thing. And I love that it's a miniseries because I don't think I could take much more crew than I'm gonna get in the miniseries. Did you ask for me? No. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, no, I, I was just saying, I, I don't, I, I was thinking you might, if you might react to your own thoughts on Gru and whether you. Oh, sorry. I, I the dog. We rarely, if ever, talked about Gru on the show, so I yes. can't imagine either of you are huge fans of him. I, I'm a huge fan of Gru. I but, mean, we've been doing the show for 13 years. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Gru. Once you talk about Gru, you've talked about Gru. Well, yeah. that's what I just said. That's exactly. Like, yeah. 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 But I, I, the one note, um, approach to the book, uh, or the, the stories doesn't, bother me at all that's what i go to grew to to get yeah if i if if i find grew in the back issue bins i usually come home with them it's brilliant um were you saying something about the dog yeah he ripped apart we have a bed for him and he ripped apart the bed and he pulled all the stuffing out and i had to pick it up because i didn't want him to eat it He's a he's a Shih Tzu with this massive underbite, and he looks at you. And he's just like, dude, what's wrong with you? But anyway, um, no, I, I've always been a fan of Gru. Not so much for the this. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, more so for the art than for the mm-hmm. story. Like I love sure. Sergio's art, and, and I always have ever since I've been a kid. Uh, because you you look at those those wobbly lines and those those. Uh, roly-poly people that he tends to draw and it's it just That's takes terrible. takes you back yeah yeah he doesn't tend to draw like unless, unless, yeah, unless you're the the hag yeah he does but it just takes me back to the the time when i was a kid and picked up mad magazine and you could see sergio's art in all the the margins and then sergio appeared in plop which blew my freaking mind and it's like okay but no i i love the art i think this i think the book is fun i mean he he i think they realized at some point that grew and referto weren't enough to to maintain the title because then you had the bard and you, you know all the people that grew later ran into uh and they became like these these satellite characters but for the most part i think mark and and sergio know that grew is 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 one note right and, i mean well, that's my point they make they make the joke themselves in the comics so exactly yeah, yeah yeah but um as to why i haven't talked about grew uh there's a blue meanie there's a freaking blue meanie in the background uh next to betty boop and uh, I, I, why yes. I haven't talked about Gru is because I think once you go into Gru, uh, limited uh, 
in a, in a limited capacity, you've said all there needs to be said, right? It, it it's a joy, but it's the same kind of joy. Mm-hmm. Every issue. That's yeah, not a, a bad a, thing. A, like group collected edition book of the month would be absolute. It'd be torture for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, if if I was a creative. Uh, a comic book creator, and I was known for Gru, I would sleep pretty well at night because I think that the book has brought enjoyment to a good amount of people. One note as it is. It, it is I think if, if Gru was on my tombstone, I would be very happy. Sure. I mean, it's, you know, Sergio is, is in his 80s. He's not a young man, so he's got right. a hell of a career, needless to say. I, but to your point, I mean, you just said it again in, in another way, which is that I love Sergio's artwork, but I... In 20 years, if we're talking about Sergio as a retrospective, I my mind is flooding back to Mad Magazine. It's 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 not. It, of, I'm 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 never going to forget that he did Crew, but 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 I love right. Sergio because of what he did in, in Mad yeah. Magazine. And I think that would be the case for the majority of his fans. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crew is special, but when when I look at the line in Crew. I see Gru, obviously, and Gru's environment and all the characters, but it's that line that made me fall in love with him and Mad. So there's no cutting the cord between Sergio and Mad. It, it's impossible to do. When you, right. when you cast a shadow that long, it's kind of hard to get out from underneath it, right? So, uh, and it should be celebrated. His Mad work is just phenomenal and has been for decades upon decades. So, yeah. Uh, you can't fault the guy for being consistent, right? But even speaking a lot of the, facts, yeah, there's even a tree on the second issue cover. I love that freaking tree, and it's cute that Sergio got pissed off because people, oh yeah, I love your spy versus spy. I do not draw a spy versus spy, <laughs> and, that, and this one woman, this beautiful woman. Oh, can you draw me spy versus spy? He does this big mural, and he's gonna paint it in oils and. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and maybe you could use one of your fold-ins. That's, oh, my God. It's so cool that they included Stan Sakai in this, too. Yes. Yep. And Tom Luth. And Tom Luth, yes. I mean, um, who did the colors on this? Yeah. And yeah, he did the colors on, on everything. Sakai just does the letters on the Gru section. Um, but, yeah, no, this 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 was a lot of fun. I didn't know what to expect, really. As soon as I opened it up and I see the first page of there. And there at the Comic Con, I was like, "Okay, this is this is going in a different direction than I was expecting," and and I was happy about it all the way through. Yeah, and the segue was pretty cool, where Sergio is is doing research on yes. Tarzan, and he's reading a Tom Yates Tarzan, and he it was again very nice that Sergio's like, "Yeah, all these great guys that drew Tarzan, Cubert." Uh, and and Manning and Hogarth, like, yes, yes, ring those bells for me. Thank you very much. And then he falls asleep reading a, a Yates Tarzan book, and then it segues into the Yates-drawn Tarzan story. Um, I don't want to list my favorite Tarzan uh, illustrators, but Yates is among them. Like, he's just amazing. Yes. Um, and again, I fell in love with Yates back in the Swamp Thing days. His Swamp right. Thing is amazing. Yeah. Um, that was before I knew that the guy did, you know, other things. Um, maybe that was pretty early in his career, so maybe not too many other things. 
but over the years, like I've followed Yates into everything he's ever done, and I just love the guy's artwork. I think he's a he's a a maestro. The dude is so damn good. Um, yeah, Jason, what did you think of the Tarzan pages? Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and and I I think this is one of those odd cases where the massive visual juxtaposition works in the book's favor versus when you have a, sometimes a book where you have multiple artists in a book and it's, it's detracting. I mean, because obviously that's the point here and it really thought it was it, so, so the, the, the further apart they were visually, the better. And, and that's yeah. so, yeah. If you're good enough to be brought on the Prince Valiant strip, man, your, your chops are, are super solid. And I don't know how long he's been doing it, but um, yeah, Yates is, is drawing Prince Valiant and it's just gorgeous. Like, why aren't there hardcover reprints? That's fitting. That's I mean, after after you know that after knowing after seeing Prince Valiant under the folds for so many years on 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 Sunday mornings, I think I think Yates is the best option to go with as far as uh, yeah. I mean, it's a watch. really short list. What are you, where are you going to go? Tom yeah. Yates, Mark Schultz. Like how many other guys can handle this? Bernie's dead, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, the, I, I think there's there's not a whole lot of options for Prince Valiant, uh, just to to keep it in in line with what has come before, which is a huge monument. Like, yeah, you don't. How do you make a, a lateral move from Hal Foster? Mm-hmm. Is, is there a whole lot of guys out there that can compare to Foster? She's been cloned. Yeah. So it's. I think Yates was a, 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 a an amazing choice for Prince Valiant, but we're we're getting carried uh, going into. I wonder term. what uh, you think it'd be interesting to talk to to Schultz. Yeah, I mean he's I, he's I, local. Yeah. Oh, is he? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, he lives I, I, I don't in. Think um, I've like ever seen him do press of any kind. He lives about forty minutes away. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Honesdale, I believe. There you go. Mm. Yeah. Or or uh, in the environs of Honesdale somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so uh, just to, to uh, wrap the, the, the groom eats Tarzan up, uh, I just, it, it, was, uh, it was comfort food for me. Uh, if there was ever a book that spoke exactly my language, it's this, this book. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad I got it in singles. Um, had I waited for the trade, I think I would have been bummed out just because I can have the, the covers full size and, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And throw some money at Dark Horse in the process. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really was a lot of fun. I'm glad you liked it. I'm not mm-hmm. being facetious. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. What else did you like? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the the other thing that the three of us all read is Amazing Fantasy number one. <laughs> what do you, what, oh, God, it's, it's a great week. Oh, my God, Carrie, this is so fucking unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it was I a mean, great week. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude is, we forget sometimes <laughs> how good he is. Yeah. I mean, I... I <laughs> Like, I don't know why. I guess he just doesn't need to. I don't. I was gonna say I don't know why we don't see more of him, but 
I, I guess he's just busy doing other stuff. But like Carrie Andrews, for, for those that don't know, he, he wrote he wrote and drew this. It's yes. the first issue of a five issue miniseries that he wrote and drew for Marvel. Um, and it's uh, it's sort of like well, not sort of it. It is it is a bit of an Elseworlds. We get I hope we get different vignettes from featuring Captain America, uh, Pete Parker, Natasha Romanoff. Uh, different different settings, and they're each pulled from their familiar settings, like Spidey's fighting the Green Goblin, uh, Natasha's escaping the Red Room, Cap is uh, on a ship leading a battalion in World War II. They each get pulled away into a fantastical... Uh, realm. It, it. I mean, it's it's not the Savage Land because it's more fantasy than that. It's it's not Weird World. I don't think, right? I mean, because they would have just said so if it was. Because we we see Weird, Weird World a lot, but it's more Weird World than Savage Land, right? I mean, that's fair to say. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Uh, I think it's it's an after Weird World because uh, if we're led to to believe yeah, they're all they're all dead. Yeah, yeah, and I know that's so that's. That's kind of how the first issue ends. Is they're they're beat, they're told they're dead. Uh, I don't know if that's true though, right? I mean, that's like that the, maybe I maybe it is true. I don't know. Like it's weird, but but either way, um, the I think this is great for Andrews because he gets to take these familiar characters and bring them into these completely odd duck settings, and and the character designs are just awesome. I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Bird Woman. I don't remember if she has a name or not. Uh, I mean, she's she's hot as balls. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, just, yeah. you know, I mean, let's, let's just keep it real. You got you know you got Cap basically adopting a a Kazar type of a vibe or a John Carter vibe. Um, you know, you've got uh, you've got a, a a woman and her her son that he rescues, but they're not. They're humanoid, but they've got like elfish features and tails. It's it's there's these awesome ogres. I, the whole thing. There's a grit, not a griffin, but uh, I guess it's a well. Is it a griffin? No, it's a, no, it's a no. It, it, it's a let's just call it a lion, a hawk lion. Yeah, right. Because yeah. a griffin the whole, has the head of an eagle. Right, right. Uh, there's a there's a centaur that Natasha meets up with. It, it's just it's just it's literally what you might guess from the name. It's it's pulling in. The realm of classic fantasy realm with with some Marvel's top characters. I mean, it's an interesting choice of characters. I assume he he picked them. I assume he said, "Hey, can I? I want to. You know, I, I don't like. I don't know that there's rhyme or reason. I think he probably likes those three characters and thought they'd be they'd be fun to work with. But um, but yeah, I just I I for me with any time with Andrews, the the story is is secondary. I just think that his his cartooning is awesome, and I every time I read a book of his, I'm always like, "Why don't we see more of it?" Right, yeah. exactly. I think the the visuals are stupid. They're they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're so ridiculously accomplished. Like, and and evocative. Like, I I don't want to say he's a chameleon, but he's a chameleon because yeah. the uh, the the cap initial cap sequence is very evocative of Michael T. Gilbert. Like, it's so Gilbert, mm-hmm. you know. And then. When when Cap washes up on the shore, when he 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 puts his he has his hand over his his face and he's then you see him him crying and he's that's straight Eisner that page is one hundred percent Eisner but then the next page when the hawk 
lion comes down, you know, that could, there's a little bit of a plug vibe in there. But then the Natasha sequences, you got this mix of Sienkiewicz and Kent Williams and John G. Moose. It's like, what are you eating? Because I want some of it. And then there's a tiny Marcos Martin vibe in the one Spider-Man page. And then you get to the, the sequence where uh, the frog creatures are fighting the bird creatures. And it becomes something else entirely. Again, a little bit of plugin. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, it's a virtuoso performance. Like, I'm... Uh, there's Brett Blevins going on with young Natasha on the back of the centaur. That's straight Blevins. Like, how do you do this? How do you switch it up on the fly like that? And yet each one of your your um, uh, meanderings looks amazing. Like, I could see him nailing, you know, one sequence or maybe maybe two but every sequence in this book is ridiculously beautiful yeah um and i'm glad in on the flip side of the Gru versus or Gru meets tarzan i'm glad that i'm waiting for the collected edition of this i don't care if it's paperback or or hardcover this 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 better be a hardcover it's goddamn criminal if it is yeah well uh, this is true but marvel's been fairly stingy with the hardcovers mm-hmm. of, yeah i know but the, oh my god but 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 this I is mean, a special thing up, though so I, maybe. I picked up the uh i thumbed through the gwenham versus carnage that collected the king and black series and 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 i don't the the paper on the cover Compared to the paper on the interior it, it's i'm not I'm, I'm not thrilled with marvel's trades no lately, i'm but, not either um the 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 pages where our heroes are being pulled from their timelines i mean the, the you've got you've got the old comic-y looking pages for for the cap stuff you've got you know obviously we're in the red room so the natasha panels are outlined in red and 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 coloring with the pages are going to be all different you already mentioned the artistic um inspirations i love this when we're in manhattan and and the buildings are almost watercolory um and and the sky just looks amazing and and harry osborne's being a complete tool but you you just Mm. it's and we end up in a bugs bunny cartoon but it it was god this is i i'm i'm almost sad it's only five issues because i mean i don't i don't know where where we're going with this i don't know i don't i don't i don't whether or not, I don't expect this to ever fit into continuity or or, no, no. or or Cap and Spidey to wink at each other, going, "Hey, remember when we were at the?" I don't, I don't care about. It. I, I just, I'm glad after first issue that this story exists. It, it's it's a phenomenal showcase for my man's talents. Um, it's it's fantastic. I, I I love the covers. I love the way of 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 the old sci-fi magazine paperback yeah. cover. I just it's it's such an impressive project and and i know you know i mean we've we've been fans of this for years whether it's you know what i mean you go back to that that iron fist series he did and then of course there was the Bernardo the living Jones weapon yeah. image and and uh recently he did erratic over at um awa but it's you know yeah we don't we don't see him enough and i mean you know listen and and if it's because this is what he has to put on the page that's why we don't get him as often as we do i get it but um well dude is it i mean he's one of those people that probably 
if you were friends with him, you just hate him. Be- like people, like mo- his friends must hate him because, right. first of all, he's a good looking dude. Well, I mean, this is called like it is a handsome, handsome fella, good shape. Uh, he is a- an accomplished writer of prose and comics. He's obviously, as we keep saying, an incredibly talented cartoonist. Works in film also. Yeah, and he's been directing TV for the last bunch of years, uh, all kinds of different shows. So, like, d- dude, pretty much seems like one of those people that can just—he's pretty good at whatever he decides he wants to try and do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, like you said, I mean, I, the last thing I—I I didn't, I didn't even know that he did the Erratic series. I, I, that's interesting to me. I, I, the last thing I read of him was the, the Renato Jones uh, minis, uh, which were back in 2016 and 2017. Um, so yeah, so that's, but if I only get his stuff every four or five years, so be it. Yeah. Especially if it's like this. Yeah. There, there was one panel that made me chuckle and Mm -hmm. the old fanboy kicked in and was like, nah, I don't think so. When, uh, when Cap and, and company are fleeing on the back of the, the Hawk lion, there are arrows sticking out of his shield. I'm like, I don't think you thought that through because how can these native these arrows pierce the freaking vibranium shield? It's not going to happen. Maybe they're magic arrows. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, uh, it's a cool visual to see the arrows mm. sticking up. But uh, the the chances of that actually happening slim to none. But whatever. It's all in his mind. Yeah, it's just it's just it made me chuckle. Like, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't think that's possible. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's perfect. This is this is perfect. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely. I'm loving the Hickman X Men. Right, that that's a highlight for Marvel right now. But I I I don't think there's anything that's come out of Marvel in the 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 recent uh, history that looks or connected anything like this. You know, with no Immortal Hulk. Yeah, I like Immortal Hulk, and I think the visuals in that are really good. But they're not this. It, no, it, you no, know. they are not this. No, no. no. Um, uh, Story wise, I, I think Immortal Hulk's great. But um, yeah, this is the sweet spot. This is w- just wonderful. Everything in this book is absolutely perfect, and I don't really have any kind of hold or connection to Natasha. I don't really care. Right. But uh yeah, the the he he made me interested in Natasha. Okay. That's a mm-hmm. a, a small feat, right? Yep. A centaur. A centaur. He's handsome. <laughs> he's he's a horse man. He looks great. Big and burly. He's got a massive fucking axe and big booty Natasha riding. Now, I, I shouldn't say that because in this story she's probably what? Maybe fifteen, sixteen, right? She's young. She's definitely not eighteen. I don't think. And I mean, for- she looks younger in the in her pre-dead. Yeah. So she looks she looks womanly when she's on the the back of the centaur. So okay, I got an escape hatch, but it's kind of icky. For me to say that you know, I mean, she feels she, she feel, even when she's on the back of the center, she does look a smidge younger than 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 Hawkwoman, um, or Eagle Woman. But the um, and then Peter looks the youngest out of all. Yep. And then you got Charlize coming in at the end. The uh, the, the bird lady, the all eagle head. Yeah, it's all right. I, I knew the jig was up when I saw Uncle Ben. 
I'm like, okay, you guys are dead. And he's just like, yeah, we're all dead. It's yeah. Okay, cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of, kind of He Manish. Looking like some, yeah, it's like Santa Claus. I'm saying, looking like he's living his best life. Seriously. Yeah. Well, you give her that, you give her that, you know. And he doesn't care. I'm going out of shirt. I'm just That's Uncle right. Ben with the man, man boobs, and I don't care. Because this yeah, is where sure. I live, man. Yeah, this book was, whew, uh, head spinningly good. Yeah. Big time. Ridiculous. Dot patterns, just Ugh. super color, full process, uh, painterly chapters and, and traditional, um, you know, uh, brush and ink uh, delineation. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I could see why. Um, I hate him. And I could see why his peers must as well. I'm not a fan of the double page title splay, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a waste. You just ate up two Three pages. more of your drawings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's nice. I mean, the typography is nice. I, mean, I it's, like... And it's 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 got that feel of, you know, it's it's cinema-esque. Yeah. I don't know if I would have brought the descender on the end down that far, but that's just me nitpicking. But whatever. I, I think this book is great. Super. Agreed. All right, everybody. Hey, we hope you have enjoyed this Book of the Month Plus episode. Paul Chadwick's Concrete Volume 1 Depths. Run right out and get that. If you don't already have it, you'll be doing yourself a favor. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget, this is the last hurrah for these books. Discount Comic Book Service gets you the books you want at the price you want to pay. May's book number one, Jeff Lemire, will cost you a lousy two ninety nine. Behemoth, uh, Nobody's Child number one, a six issue miniseries. This is the first issue. Will cost you $2.19. That's 45% off. And the Vampyverse over at Dynamite, doing what they know the best. Buck uh, 99. You can't beat it with a stick. In the meantime, I'm spent. And I'm going to say if you uh, were smart enough to buy into the uh, Cry Punch Comics uh, Kickstarter, uh, and you have the volume, read it, because I'm very confident that we are going to be talking about it extremely soon. Am I, am I wrong for saying that? No, sir. Right. I don't think so. Cool. It's a big-ass telephone book of a volume. So, you know, uh, carve out a, a good amount of hours for yourself to digest this thing, and it's uh, because it's worthy, and then, you know, we'll talk about it, I hope, next episode, maybe? We'll see. Yeah. Well, next episode, I won't be here. What in the holy hell? You're going away again? 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 What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says it like it never happens ever. I know. Like, Wait, well, when's the last time I went away? What? You were gone like... What month is it? Yeah. Right. Wait, Wait you were, what? You were gone like last month. <laughs> Where was I? You went, I don't know, Florida or oh, something? Florida? Yeah, yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, he says, "Oh, he's wait, always, wait, he's away so often." He's like, "He's like, no, I'm always here." Well, so, I, well, I'll be in the Hamptons. Our, that was just going to another house, but this we're actually going somewhere. Were you not here? <laughs> were you not here for the episode? Doesn't matter where you are, dude. dude if if I ever there. said that, if I ever said, "Well, that's going to another house," you would have ripped me a new one. Logistically, you're going away. Anywho, yeah. I, you knew I was, I'll be in the Bahamas next week. Woo! You don't tell people where you're going to be. You'll get you'll get because you'll be attacked. Jason, no, what is here? Any any EOC listener that happens to be in the Atlantis Resort next week, I will buy you a drink. Oh, man, I love that place. 
You been? Yeah. I've never been. I'm, it I'm, is I'm, great. I'm reticent, but... Why? Oh, because of the... I'm worried it's, it's going to be too crowded. I don't think so. No. Well, and if it is crowded, the admission uh, charge, yeah, it's not going to be like Dorney. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's yeah. The wife hooked it up. We got we we're staying at the at the fancy spot. There's like five spots. Nice. She hooked it up. So ah I'm, yeah, I'm pleased with with her decision making in this process. I I not only love Atlantis, I love the port. When you ship, the, uh, you yeah. We're when you flying, sh- we're flying. Oh okay. Well anyway, you can get there very easily. That port, there are shops in that port that are amazing. Love them. Yeah. The color, the music, the everything, the food. Oh, I just love that area. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's okay. No, and I was going to say that uh, I'm I'm most excited about the fact that uh, my eldest will, is uh, 18, and so he will be able to uh, have a cocktail with his dad legally for the first oh. time and and gamble. Yep. So nice. I'm going to teach him crafts. I'm going to teach him roulette. Cool. Uh, any travels keeping with the uh, first issue theme? Superman, Son of Kal-El by uh, Tom Taylor with art, beautiful art by John Timms and um, Gabe Iltab Oz, your colorist. Um, this is, of course, John Kent's first um issue as uh, Superman in um, in a I'm going to say world without dad. Dad's not around. We um, we start off with um, the moments before John's birth at the fortress uh, where um, Superman is told to leave a planetary invasion by Green Lantern John Stewart and Martian Manhunter because he's got other things that are more important. And um, so he heads down to the fortress. Batman is there standing guard. Um, the joke is that it's an attempted planetary invasion. So it's really nothing for Superman to worry about. They've got this under control. Diana is um, basically playing midwife. And um, and even she's talking about it being an attempted alien invasion. Um, so, of course... John is born, and we cut to Batman and Wonder Woman outside the fortress. And Batman says, I've run some tests. His unique physiology, Kryptonian and human, he could be more than Clark. And and Wonder Woman basically sums up Batman with, you know, Bruce, you have a reputation. And it isn't helped by conducting tests on the unborn child of our friends. So um, I thought that was neat because that's who he is. But... Um, present day john is racing around just trying to do the best he can do living up to that superman name doing what his dad would do uh the bulk of the issue takes place in california where there's a massive wildfire out of control um so superman swoops in saves the day helps the firefighters finds out where the fire originated from and there's a um there's a meta who has no control over his powers and he's kind of set off things. And, um, and, and John is able to get through, talk to him, calm him down, realizes, you know, you being anxious and all hyper, that's what's, um, 
causing your powers to go all wonky. So let's just take it down a notch. And he does. He's able to calm the situation down. Everything's fine. He, um, you know, he lets the military there know that, um, you know, his, his power is triggered by his anxiety. So, you know, just be careful with him. And um, then military man's like, yeah, yeah, well, we, we got it. We'll take it from here. And Superman goes to, to fly away. But he hears a crack because military man hit the kid uh, with the butt of a rifle to knock him out. He's like, well, I don't want this guy waking up and just being out of control with his powers around with my men around him. So, you know, I'm doing what, and now John's standing off against the military and, and my man's like, you know, you really want to go up against your government. So then we cut to John beating up with Damien on the Island of Cordo Maltese, uh, where John, where, where Damien is being hunted by Ninja. And um, it's, well, I don't know if it's a test necessarily, but John and Damien are having a conversation while Damien's trying to make short work of all the ninjas going around. And you see little throwing stars bouncing off John's head every once in a while. And some dude try to like hick him and John just like swats his leg away. And it, they were cute. They were cute moments. Tim's work is phenomenal. But, but Damien is like letting him know, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you you there are people he's basically asking john you know what do you want that symbol on your chest to stand for and he's like a truth justice in a better world and, and he's like i just want to help and damien's like all right that's fine so it's time for superman to stop fighting the symptoms you're powerful enough to be the cure and 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 just telling him listen my dad's batman we can hook you up with a secret identity because you are one of the most famous people around right now it was just an all-around really solid first issue i'm i'm, I'm again the art it's amazing because it's Tim's, but um, um, I, I this slightly different voice than what Bendis had for John, uh, even on the Legion of Superheroes, but uh, especially in the Superman books. Um, but I'm 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 digging what Taylor's doing, and uh, after one issue went, so I'm definitely in for a while. Um, thought it was a fantastic first issue. I uh, curious to see where we go from here. So, in your travels, Superman, son of Kal-El. Alrighty then. Um, in your travels, check out if you haven't already. I posted a link to the Facebooks and uh, and the Slacks. Um, I appeared on Comic Art Live's video show uh, earlier this week. Bill Cox, who owns and operates Comic Art Fans, which is the the uh, the home base for the vast majority of us who collect comic book art, um, had me on his show to talk about uh, art and collecting and, and my journey as a collector. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I very much appreciate him having me on. So you can check that out on the YouTubes if you're so inclined. And on the comics tip... Um, I have to tell you all that I was uh, a little sleeping on Black Widow, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Elena Casagrande. I've been buying it. I read the first issue and liked it, but it's just been sitting on my stack. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, the Eisner Awards come out and Black Widow won Best New Series. And I thought, well, damn. Because the last time a Marvel series won Best New Series, it was The Hulk. 
Immortal Hulk. And then last year's winner was Bitterroot. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get catch up on this with the quickness. Sat down, read issues two through nine in one sitting. It's fantastic. Uh, we already know that Kelly is a terrific writer. We had her on the show about two years ago now. She's a great person, very entertaining to talk to, but also a terrific writer. It's great that she's getting some shine. Uh, and then uh, Casa Grande's art is stunning. I mean, uh, she gives no, like, she holds nothing. Uh, she lines up perfectly with, like, Joelle Jones, in my opinion. It's it's that tight and beautiful. And the premise is pretty cool. Basically, Natasha seemingly falls to her death in the opening pages. And then you flash forward to a few months later, and she's living in San Francisco, about to get married to a dude we don't know, and she's got a kid. And uh, and her her ex lawfers in uh, in Clint and uh, and Winter Soldier are like scouting the place and don't understand what the hell's going on because they're like where the hell the kid from? Uh, and then meanwhile, Arcade looms as well. So it's uh, it, it, it was like I said, it's really well, it's well paced, it looks great, uh, and I think it definitely is a book that. Uh, that probably is getting lost in the shuffle for a lot of people because of how many books Marvel puts out. And that's a shame. And I was guilty of it too. So if you are looking for a Marvel book to pull out of the pile, uh, the miasma of all of the monthly solicits, I can uh, confidently now tell you that black widow should be uh, in consideration. So check it out. Cool. Neat. All right, everybody. If you want more of this 11 o'clock stuff, there are avenues. Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook. And I just learned TikTok. I don't think there's anything on it, right? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But there, there, will, there will be. Yeah. We got a TikTok. Yeah. Doing the tickety-toggety with the kids. Um, tickety-toggety. <laughs> tickety-toggety. Wee! Uh, in the meantime... Uh, dcbservice.com check out the patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics we have a surprise in store coming not soon but before the end of the year uh the things we talk about uh coming emanating from the the the, the patreon page will be available for all to see how or about, here yes how yes, about or yeah see here yeah, download you know participate we, we in may, all that we, shit. We, we may tease we, we, we may we may play pusher man and and uh let everybody know what y'all have been enjoying those that uh support us and uh so you can see what they're missing but yeah well we'll we'll, we'll figure out the um the specifics on that you can find the podcast for now on of course itunes stitcher spotify um pod pickle iHeart Radio, probably <laughs> anywhere you listen to stuff. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. It's not only Apple; it's a brave new world. So, in the meantime, all that stuff take that into consideration, and then you can look into the mirror, adjust your bow tie, and say, "Second, oh, 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 right. <clears throat> That's my McDonald's coffee. It's cold. It's still the best, even cold. David. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. In height. They got new cups now. They're blue. Good. Yeah, and they oh. say, we can do this. Protect yourself and the people you love. Visit vaccines.gov to learn more.
Okay. Let's get Not the a vax and yeah. get the vax. That's there right. Did you say David? I did. Ah, you did it. Nice. We're out of here, people. We love you so much. Come back next time. We'll have something for you. Yeah, probably. It won't be Woodrow. Reason enough to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so hurtful. <laughs> uh, we'll see what Tony's done. That's it for that one. <laughs>